The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Salute, my friend. Good to see you. Always good to see you. Mm. I wish I didn't see you so often after mass shootings, though. Yeah. Because it seems like so many times when there's a a gun control... Well, you're the first guy I always call. Mm. Because uh, I think you're the very best at um, explaining gun issues from first of all from a second amendment perspective from an enthusiast perspective and also you're a lawyer yeah so you you understand like the law aspect of it better than anybody that i know so i always want to talk to you when some shit is going down but the um the current mass shooting the the most recent one Mm -hmm. was it's like it, there's so many of them that it, it gets to a point where you you go like you, people almost just go numb like they don't know what to do yeah and, and then there's a lot of scrambling and and crying out for legislation yeah. yeah I think it's it's you know one no one can deny our media does a beautiful job memorializing everything about every mass shooting in terms of the killer what we know about him you know we for the most part, almost sensationalizing it. And so there is something to be said that, you know, someone walking into a school, somebody walking into a building where you don't expect it and shooting a bunch of people deserves that type of attention. I'm not, I'm not going to be so naive as to say that, you know, I don't get why anybody ever, why they cover it so much. But there is a admitted sense of helplessness when these things happen. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, so what do we do? What can we do? Um, I think the... The scapegoat route is gun control because I think what it does is it tells – it gives us that the immediate gratification of, all right, we did something, we passed this, all right, I know, let's move on and hope it never happens again. The problem is, though, it never touches the underlying issues about why people would do this. Like, this is weird. It's fucking odd. It's not normal for people who want to go out and just kill as many people as possible. Well, not just that, just kill children. That's even that, and that takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, right? and this this guy, uh, I mean, obviously, there was something really wrong with him. You're, uh, dead, yeah. you're out. I th- I, but the, the thing about the killing the children is, it's like, it's, that's why school shootings are so fucked because they're the most horrific version of a mass shooting because you're going after innocent little kids, yep. and this was the most evil. And then there's there's also oh, so much to this one, right? There's yeah. so much to the amount of time that the cops were outside that they didn't do anything because they didn't want to get shot. But that's that's just it too, though, which is the weird thing for me. So we 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 can acknowledge that in this situation, the same situation that happened in Florida. Right, the, the the resource officer didn't go in in time when he could have probably stopped it sooner. But at least that was one guy. True. This is insane. I what? mean, how many cops were outside that school? Jesus, enough that they should have probably went in, like yeah. without without saying. But they were outside for seventy five minutes. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? But that's just it, though. If you think about it, like. The same people, not same people, but then you'll have people who say, "Okay, well, we need to we need to limit and restrict these guns," and like, but that all that does is force us to, to depend on people who we've already established in some a lot of situations aren't necessarily incapable of being there to protect us, or in situations like this, refusing to go in right. and protect us. Um, now, I can see someone coming up on the other side saying something to like, "Oh, so you want the kids to have guns there too, so they can?" It's not what I'm saying. Well, that's but, crazy. 
Yeah. But what I am saying is that further justifies why we need to have the firearms that we do have. Because at the end of it, when it all boils down to it, the only person we can rely on to defend ourselves is us, right. is you. Somebody walks in this door right now and does something. The only people in a position to stop it in enough time to make a difference is me, you, and... And Jamie. Yeah. So from that perspective, <laughs> I try to keep things and break things down to that simplistic level so people can understand that um, instead of just kind of immediately reacting to, all right, let's ban this and let's ban that, let's ban this. But we are talking about, like you said, a group of officers who stood outside while kids were being shot and killed. Those guys should so, never be cops again. I'm going to have to agree with you in that regard. I now, just, I this just is don't me understand. not being in Uvalde, not knowing all of the intimate details about why they stood down. But at the end of the day, I could I have a hard time seeing what supersedes. There's a guy in classrooms killing kids right now. Well, you know about that mom, the mom that yeah, was arrested. In, yep. They cuffed her. She got she they released her. She went back in, got her kids. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah for her. Yeah. Horrible that she had to do that. But the fact that they cuffed her. That, that. That's fucking yeah, that's insane. It's utterly unacceptable. I don't understand. I just don't understand. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but I, I, nothing has been exposed. No, there's, not, there's nothing that's been explained. I think there's a part of me that wants to believe, right, that there was some extenuating circumstance that, that justified. And I, like, I don't see it. I can't. My even my imagination, as vivid as it is, can't think of something that would substantiate or justify why they hadn't gone in. Well, it's a perfect storm, right? Because we're in a terrible time for law enforcement. In that, you know, all this defund the police stuff mm -hmm. has gotten people very skittish about. Uh, like I know cops that don't want to do things because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Like they 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 don't want to show up for things. They want to wait. Before yep. they show up for things because they don't want it to be something they have to handle because they feel tied up They feel like their hands are tied. Yeah, it's a balancing act too, right? Yeah, because it's like we don't necessarily want cops to go in there Not I don't mean just in this particular situation Valdi, but just having com Be completely let off the leash to the extent that they can do anything that they want anytime and there'll be no of course They can't be held accountable right, for of anything, course. right? Yes, while at the same time we need them to go in without having to essentially be Attorneys, yeah, <laughs> you know in the moment trying to decide like I was just in Wisconsin and I was um, uh, With the USCCA, which is a concealed carry um, insurance membership program and What we were doing was working scenario based training So they set up this whole whole situation for me like we're in a coffee shop I have a girlfriend that I'm talking to and then a guy comes in robs the place and a bunch of other scenarios that happen and Because of my knowledge base and things that I'm aware of from a legal perspective even in that moment when I'm trying to decide, do I shoot? Do I not shoot? Because you, know, you ever run Sims? No. Sims are like the, um, they're basically real guns converted into more or less fake guns, so to speak. So they shoot these cartridges that hurt like a bitch. They hurt and they sound, they're really loud. The gun operates the same. Everything's the same except they shoot these. It's kind of like elevated paintball, right? And in this case, we weren't using the actual projectile. What we were using was what this did is it emitted a laser instead of actually shooting a projectile. But everything else was the same. It was loud, recall, and all of that stuff. And so in that moment, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, all right, when is it justified for me to shoot? Now, in that moment, in that scenario, you can only kind of mimic reality to a certain extent before, you know, you get overwhelmed with the thought of, okay, I might die. I right. have the benefit to, to some degree to kind of think logically through, okay, is, if I shoot now, is it justified? If I don't shoot now, and so forth and so on. You get Are what you talking about like from a legal perspective? From a legal perspective, yeah. yes. 
And so in that moment, when the guy's in there, he's already shot at one person. He's about to shoot another person. I'm like, okay, this is my time to shoot, but he's not shooting at me. And so I'm like, what do I do? Can I shoot him and be justified? Or so if you're like, let's let's say if you go into a store and you see a gunfight in the mm-hmm. store and you see a guy shooting at someone behind the counter and you you're armed. Yeah. Are you allowed to shoot him? It depends. If he's shooting at people yeah. that work at the store. Well, it depends because right. if you find out later on that the guy behind the counter pointed his gun at him and said, "I'm going to kill you." Right. Imagine if you <laughs> shot him <laughs> exactly. first. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you don't know. Like, you, you don't. You, really. could, you walk into Seven Eleven. There's a gunfight. Yep. You yeah. don't know. And so in that situation, and I'm probably kind of giving away too much information because the video's not out yet, but it, I think it's necessary. So the guy walks in. He says he's robbing the place. He hadn't shot anyone yet. But he starts arguing with another person. And the other guy's supposed to be like a new concealed carrier. And then the guy stands up. He's like, yo, what is your problem? What are you doing? And he's kind of angling towards his gun, but he's not. he hasn't gone for it yet. The other guy has a gun too, the guy who came in to rob the place. But he hasn't pointed his gun at anyone. He hasn't shot anyone. So at that point, Theoretically speaking, you could argue that's just mutual combat. Yeah. Right? So which one can I shoot? Who's actually endangering who? Right. Right? So I ended up shooting a guy who came to rob the place. The problem is I shot him in the back too. (laughs) But that was from the standpoint of when I decided to shoot, I I know how to shoot. So I dropped four or five rounds just naturally into the guy. He's like, oh, shit. He turns around because he's getting shocked as I'm shooting him. So he turns to run. So is it like a laser that yeah. sets off like a, ha- a haptic feedback? Yeah, so you're suit? wearing a vest, right? Mm-hmm. It's called a stress vest. So mm-hmm. you're wearing a stress vest, and so it sends out, sends out a, laser, a laser every time you hit that person, and it shocks you. And does it shock you like a taser? Does it it's, shock? It's as bad as you want it to be. <laughs> really? So you can you could get it to the point where it immobilizes your body? I don't think it gets that high. I think it gets to the point where you're like, okay, get this thing off me. Have you ever been tased? No. I haven't either, yeah. but uh, I've watched people get tased, and I'm curious. I'm not. Because some people can just fucking handle it, <laughs> They can't. But I don't, they, aren't they usually high? I don't know. It's a good question. I think sometimes they're high. I, but how does that stop your body from shutting off due to the electricity? That is true. That I don't know. Because I've seen people just get zapped, and yeah. they just stand there, yeah, and like they just pull, pull the shit, shit right out, out of the yeah. body. Now, I did see this one video guy did that. Um, the cop was being very patient with the guy. Um, and he, he zapped him, and he's nothing. And he's like, all right. And he zapped him again, he dropped. Really? So second I, yeah, time he yeah. dropped. So I don't know what plays, what part, you know. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's outside of my wheelhouse, honestly. My friend Dana White, um, he uh, went for one of his shows. They they all got tasered. Mm-hmm. And uh, they felt like they, their body just shut off. Like, they just yeah. fell over. See, I'm not, and the funny thing about it is I had the stress vest on, too. So when I was doing it, so the whole time I'm like, I don't want to experience this. Yeah. Fuck so that. yeah. So, so if he kinda, hit you, he turned I'll, and hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm curious to what that's like. I'm sure it's horrible. You know. I mean, I'll put it like this: When I shot him, he yelled. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty bad. Yeah. But you know, from that perspective, I still ended up shooting him in the back. Hmm. Now is that legal? Um. Because he's not. You are not in danger. You're just acting almost like as law enforcement or, well, or as protection. So in that particular case, once we broke it down, my shooting was justified, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it just goes to show you how thin that line is between justified and unjustified. And it doesn't it also like, well, in that situation, was there cameras involved? Yeah. Because it's in mm-hmm. a store. Yeah. But what if you're in a school, like in the school situation? Like if you walked in and shot that guy who was killing those kids and you shot him in the back 
clearly you'd be justified. Yeah, you'd be justified right? at that because you're that's in defense of a third party. Okay. Right. Um, so at that point, all bets are off. You know, like whether I shoot you in the back, front, side. But I guess the argument that could be made in my particular situation is he was retreating. Right. Right. Because he was running out. That's why I shot him because he turned to run away. And so it was basically, it happens really quickly. Right. right? And the split times between my trigger pull pretty fast. So it's like bang, 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 bang. And, right. You know, that time period, he can turn and catch yeah. one in the back. But you get an aggressive enough prosecutor, that's the argument they made. If I was a prosecutor, that's the argument I would make. You know about the, um, the case in Austin? Um, where uh, a guy was not, he was not charged for a long period of time, but it was at a, a, one of the uh, protests during the pandemic. And this guy apparently was military and he was an Uber driver. He was Uber I driving. Do remember yeah. That. yeah. So he pulled down this road. I think he was following his GPS mm-hmm. and he pulled down this road and all of a sudden he's faced with the, the people <gasps> the, that were blocking the, the road. Yeah. And this guy pulls an AK-47 out and points it at him. Yeah. And, and he shoots him. He's a veteran. Yeah. I mean, he's he's used to being in you know live combat yeah. situations, and he just pulls out his gun and, and shoots him. And shoots him. Yeah. Did, did he get charged? He did get charged. Did he get convicted? I don't know. Okay. Let's let's find out what the status on that was because all of my friends that are law enforcement or military were furious that he got charged because this guy literally pointed the gun at his face. Yeah, like he's standing there pointing the gun. I, what are you going to do? It's like, how do you know if the guy's going to kill you or not? Right. Like, it's unreasonable to point a gun at a person in that scenario. But you know what that's? You know what that speaks to? What? Education. Education. Dude, like I, 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 in my videos, I say this time and time and time and time again. We have over four hundred million guns in this country, man. You're not getting away from the guns. You're not. And if you take them away from legal pe- people that have them legally, the only people are going to have them. Yeah, are the, are the people ones, that have them illegally. Exactly. And so. If we understand that this is the country that we live in, we have a Second Amendment, we understand the culture in this country, why do we not spend just even a decent amount of resources on a federal level, on, say, local level, to teach people the dynamics involved with firearm ownership? Let me ask you this. Um, one, of the people, one of the things about people that are pro-Second Amendment is they mm-hmm. don't want to change any of the restrictions or any the, the way it's set up right now. They want to keep it exactly the way it is in terms of what kind of background checks exist. They don't want to add any sort of additional checks, any mm-hmm. sort of uh, additional restrictions. Why is it so easy to get a, a gun license? Because efficiency. But why is it so hard to get a driver's license? Because people suck at driving. But don't people suck at shooting? Some do. A lot of people a do. A lot of people yeah. do. The difference, right? though, too, is we're talking about a constitutional right versus a privilege. When I got a concealed carry permit, I had to go through an extensive examination, mm-hmm. and I, which also involved showing that you are proficient at shooting. Mm-hmm. Why don't people have to do that? Well, because we, we are talking about a constitutional right. right. So the, the standard is a lot different than say, okay, we're giving you the privilege to drive this car on the road. So like with the car, I can own any car I want. If I have private property, I can drive all over that private property without any education, without any instruction or any of that stuff. Now, the moment I want to step out into the public with this car and drive it on public roads, that's when I have to get license, get registration, and all of those things. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So if someone wants to have a gun mm-hmm. and they want to take it somewhere, then they have to go through these examinations. Generally speaking. So like but not that here. used to be the case in Texas. Now, no. Now we have constitutional carry, which means that you don't have to go through those, those procedures in order to carry a firearm. So here's the story. Uber also released a statement 
Uh, unfortunately, we aren't able to comment on pending litigation. This is about the guy who's an Uber driver. Mm -hmm. As we've released uh, in the past, this incident is not related to the Uber platform. It says, for now, this gentleman, Perry, remains indicted on multiple charges, including murder in this case. In August, his attempt to get the murder charge dropped was denied. Um, from what I understand, this is, uh, has to do with the district attorney in Austin that they uh you know we have a lot of very liberal yeah. district attorneys in this country they just uh repealed the guy in san francisco to screams and cheers of people who are dealing with unprecedented crime and homelessness there and Don't get me started on san francisco bro oh you well, you're the one who told me about it you're the one who explained to me yeah. the whole homeless situation we've talked about yeah. it multiple times and and credited you with explaining it you know, since you're a lawyer and you understand like the, you understand like the inner workings of the machine in a way that I probably don't. I'll be honest with you. You know what got me to understand it? It wasn't me being a lawyer. It was me being on the ground and seeing this shit and talking to the people. That's what really set it off for me. Because when I was with the NRA and we were doing these mini documentaries, going to these different places and talking to the people on the ground, they were explaining stuff to me. You can watch the video. You see it in my face. Like I'm like, the same way you reacted is the same way I reacted when I first heard it. I thought it was a funding thing. I thought like we need more money for homelessness. And then yeah. when I realized that it's a business, it's yep. like a light bulb went off. When you explained it to me, I was like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything else. When you showed me the numbers <laughs> and the people in LA making $260,000 a year to deal with the homeless situation and it's not going anywhere, I'm like, that person has a fucking great job. You know, I actually analogize that to the issue with gun violence in the inner city. How so? So, it's a theory. Um, do I have concrete data to, to affirm it? Nope. But I think to a degree, a lot of these leaders and politicians in the inner city need that violence in the inner city to continue as a way to justify the necessity for them being in the, in the positions that they're in. Like what kind of position? So, um, if you think about it, the vast majority of the gun violence in this country is from the inner city. Like well, over overwhelmingly so. The numbers are crazy. Like when, when people talk about gun violence in this country, maybe we should start with that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Gun violence in this country, when you look at gun deaths, a gigantic percentage of them are suicides. Yeah. Right? What I, would, is, I would say about 65, 63 to 65% are suicides. Okay. So, so when we're talking about gun violence, I mean, I am not, clearly <laughs> I'm not in favor of suicide. Yeah. You know, obviously I want people to get help and, and live happy lives. But this is not my main concern my main concern is people harming other yeah, people, people. Yeah. so when we look at the numbers of gun violence it's always exaggerated because they don't include the fact that that, that is a they're a starting to number. do it now they did it before yeah, i only hear about a, it on fox news yeah like they legit i remember because this was like at the the genesis kind of of my my two-way advocacy when i was looking at the numbers because i kind of initially just took the numbers for what they were and I just assume because you hear gun violence, you see, you hear gun deaths. You're thinking people are shooting at other people in the middle of the street and dropping dead, right? And then I started looking into the numbers, and I started to realize, wait, it's 63 to 65 percent are suicides. And like, point out, it's not that I don't care about suicides, but then I also backdoored and I said, okay, well, let's look at the suicide rate just as a whole in America versus other places that have strict gun laws. Uh, and I remember when I was on Bill Maher and I was sitting at the round table, I, we kind of started getting into that discussion, and. You would think, considering we have as much as many guns as we have in this country in the hands of civilians, you'd think, on the surface, we'd lead the world in suicides. We don't. We're not even close. 
So that begs, the, so that stands to reason that the issue with suicides isn't a gun thing. It is purely a mental health thing. Yes. Right? So that's why I'm able to, okay, let's set this aside and now deal with what's remaining. Then you have a, a very small percentage that are accidental gun deaths, right? Um, we're talking about like maybe totality in a year, a thousand. And what percentage right? is that, that about? I think it's like, if I remember correctly, it's like three to five percent. Okay. Or something like that. So, and, so we're almost at 70 percent then. Yeah. We're at like 68. Yeah. And that's including, somewhere. and then there's another percentage that includes officer shootings, whether it's officer shooting a criminal or criminal killing an officer, right? Um, so we can put that here over here as well because what, that's a different many, dynamic. What is off? What percentage are officers? That's shooting? sitting somewhere in about the also two to three percent. I'm probably flipping it. I don't know if the, the accidental gun deaths are about two to three, and the officers like five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we could, your, we could find out. Yeah. We could Jamie will pull it up so we could get a, an accurate assessment of it. But to, to get to where we want to go is essentially homicides with firearms. That's right. where we want to be. And generally speaking, that. You got a range of about eight to twelve thousand people every year die from actually being shot by another person. That includes mass shootings, everything. Right. right? And then what percentage of those are gang related? So because the whole gang related because now what's happening is they're taking a lot of the gang related shootings and including them in mass shootings. It's just kind of like what happened in Philadelphia oh, recently. I right? see what you're saying. They called the Philadelphia shooting that just happened recently a mass shooting. What was the Philadelphia one? Uh, it was basically there was a shootout between I don't know how many people it was, but um, there's a there was like I can't remember exactly where in Philly it was, but essentially I can't remember a lot of people got shot, um, and they called it a mass shooting. It was street violence. That's what it was. It was it was two parties going at it, and they called it mass shooting. I can I guess you I could guess. argue why that right. that's considered a mass shooting. But it's not. But in our minds, when we think about it, a mass shooting is somebody you, you have an individual or multiple people who want to go and kill as many innocent people as possible. Right. Right. And we're not talking about people who are shooting each other over disputes. This was a dispute that took place in the public between two people with guns, right. essentially. And, they, and so they want to call that a mass shooting. And I'm like, that's not fair because the way to deal with these types of things, is, it's a, they're different. The same way you don't include the suicides and the homicides because there are different reasons for why they're happening, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of the vast majority of the gun violence, the homicide aspect of it, is from the inner cities. That's where it's coming from. It's these kids, literally, when I say kids, I'm talking like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. They're, they're shooting at each other. Now, I'm not dismissing that and saying that it's irrelevant and that we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't factor that in. What I'm saying is it's a totally different reason for why it's happening. It's not a gun issue. It's a socioeconomic issue. Because if you take those same kids that look like me, right, I know a lot of, I know of, I know a lot of black people or people of color who live in the sub suburbs of America, and they're not running around committing drive-bys in the BMWs. They're not. So what's the difference there? They have access to guns the same way these kids have access to guns, and these kids have access to guns illegally in the inner city. The difference is it's prolonged exposure to poverty. But nobody wants to have that conversation. And the reason they don't want to have that conversation is because it is admittedly hard to deal with. It's hard. It's convoluted and it's difficult. So is that the vast majority? Like, so outside of suicide, is mm -hmm. that the majority of the shootings? Yes. So the majority of the shootings are... Are inner what? city gang, gang, drug, and dispute violence. That's what it is. Okay. The vast majority of them. And that is one thing that we both agree on in terms of... 
that's one of the most gigantic and ignored problems in this country yeah. is exposure to po- poverty yep. and and violence your your whole life. Yep. And that these environments like the inner city, like South Side of Chicago, which have never changed, they never. Have, they, they haven't. They've gotten only worse. Yep. I was uh, in Chicago a few years back. We were doing a gig, and there was a cop who was driving us around. And he was explaining what, you know, we're like, dude, what is going on? Because it was like right after a big one, right after a big weekend. Mm -hmm. And he goes, this is what happened. They got very aggressive with arresting these drug lords. And when they did that, they created a power vacuum. And then these other guys stepped in to try to fill the power vacuum. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, these young bucks. They started clicking up. Yep. Yep. And And so now, I mean, these these kids are literally blocks away from each other. Yeah. Shooting at each other. And... And so from that perspective, I mean, I, I saw it when I did my little mini docuseries in Southside Chicago. Right? And how much of an effort has and been put, like, there's almost no coverage of that. No. Like, when, like, in Chicago a couple of weekends ago, I don't remember what the number was, but it was something preposterous, amount of people that got shot. Well, because it's, and, and, and I think what it is, is it's self-contained in, in many people's minds. It's kind of like, that's why people are so, are, are so engrossed with mass shootings. Because with inner city violence, it happens in the inner city. Right. Right. And if you don't live in an inner city, it doesn't affect you, so to speak. So it's easier to kind of just kind of push it off and not really pay attention to it. However, with mass shootings, it starts spilling over into your reality. And it's terrifying because now it's like, wait, so you mean to tell me I can't just live in a different neighborhood and be away from this type of gun violence? Now I'm dealing with an element that's now shooting me in my area. Right. Because I guarantee you, these kids started crossing over and started engaging in the same violence in these other areas that be shut down in a heartbeat. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, overnight they shut it down, easily. But in the inner cities, nah, they just kind of they kind of just let it flourish. Um, and and I and as far as creating the vacuum that it created, you could make the argument. Well, they tried to do something about it then, and it just ended up getting worse. Right? You you have these things that you do, and sometimes it has effect that you didn't intend to have. And so, but the problem is, is that we always approach it from a singular focus. It's either ban all the guns or just arrest everybody on the streets. Right. It's not, we never want to have that in-depth conversation about, you got to think about what type of environment you're living in where you come up as a child. When I say child, I mean you're 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and you so easily can pick up a gun and just take another, per, take another person's life that looks just like you. And you get a reputation for, for doing it. that. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't get arrested. And you don't. You don't. Well, do you know about the story about the, the shootout? where they released everybody because they said that it was mutual combat? No. You don't know that? No. Oh, you no, need no, to no. know where, about this. This, this is in Chicago. Wait, when? A few years ago. No, not even a few years ago. I think it was one year ago. This is a wild story because two people died. I think two, maybe three. Multiple people shot. Yeah. Shootout on video, by the way. People were filming it from their How cars. How the did I miss this? Dude, it's the craziest shit. That Lori Lightfoot and her administration, boy... They should be examined yeah. for future. Like, look, look, look who became the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> this is crazy. When she wears that fucking superhero costume, that lady is out of her fucking mind. Nuts. And also she when she, she banned protests on her street. Remember that? She I banned keep, protests on her. I have to keep myself safe. What about everybody else? But that's just it. That's just that's it. That's just, just it. it. That's it right Someone there. People right? get charged, it looks like. But way later and not for... Well, probably after everybody talked yeah, about correct. it. Correct. It says but after were, the drama, there was uh, charges announced. Mutual. Oh, after mutual combat <laughs> drama, Fox <laughs> and Lightfoot announced charges in Westside Shootout. Okay, yep. this is because they dropped the charges initially. 
So, okay, so it was over a year ago. So following the drama between Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox and Mayor Lightfoot last year over a lack of charges in a deadly shootout on the west side, a man was arrested Thursday in connection. Thomas Dean, 20, which 19 at the time of the shooting, I guess, was charged Thursday with three counts of aggravated unlawful use of a weapon. <laughs> That's not... That, <laughs> even that aggravated. He was, I was aggravated. Uh, back in October 1, a brazen shootout happened the middle of the day during a quiet afternoon in North Austin. That's a suburb of Chicago, not North Austin, Chicago. The shootout allegedly involved two gangs and was described like the Wild West due to dozens of shell casings found at the scene. People believe a group of shooters targeted a house. People inside the house fired back, killing one of the gunmen. Following the shooting, I thought more than one person was killed. Following the shooting, CPD said the Cook County State Attorney's Office refused to pursue charges citing mutual combat. Imagine that. On the street. I mean, this isn't even, like, in the woods. Mayor Lightfoot then... <laughs> then I mean, I'm saying, like, if you... Would it be better if it was in Well, if it was in the woods, no well, one yeah, can yeah, get hit by strays. Bullets, yeah. This is a fucking crowded yeah, street to just firing rounds. <laughs> The evidence included DNA matched to a gun Dean allegedly used during the shootout. Why? Well, should have wiped your gun, bro. Uh, Fox said more charges may be brought in the future. Whoa, you're, you're fucking threatening more charges? I might say someone else was aggravated. Um, <laughs> Dean is due in court on Friday. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in this because the way it's going today, and I don't understand what happened in terms of the way DAs just sort of release people. Mm. That are accused of violent assaults. It's bananas. They, they just get them out of jail. Like in Los Angeles, it's off the oh, charts. Dude. Los Angeles is what that go, video that, that you way. sent me yeah. of the you like talking to the uh, or, or you playing that interview of the gang member saying yeah. he's getting the fuck out of L.A. Yeah. He's like, it's too hot for me. <laughs> a fucking gang member. It's like L.A.'s too crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, man. It's it's. it's I think yeah, it was whack 100. Yes, because yeah. he was he was talking about how the people are getting out. Yeah. That they're they're going to release yeah. another seventy thousand people early who were violent criminals because they don't have any room in the jails or the, or the DA just but seems to think it's a good idea. That's to another thing too that people are not factoring in. After COVID, the bottom fell out. That's people yeah. aren't talking about. Like when 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 you had all these shutdowns and people couldn't work and basically shut down the economy. I mean, you got to understand what that does to a lot of people who are already sitting on the bottom. Yeah. So when the bottom falls out, what do you think is going to happen? Right. You know, people who are already in dire straits are now in desperate straits, and they're they're doing anything. Right. right. I'm not justifying the action by any stretch of the imagination. Also, I'm just saying, no, don't be don't, surprised. They don't think there's repercussions anymore. Yeah, yeah. and that's another thing too. That's right? a big thing. Yeah. And that's and and it, it it amazes me how people don't understand this, and I think what it is is a lot of people just like to live in their own little bubbles and right. they don't like to address things until that thing breaks into their bubble. And when it does, it's like, please, government, do something. Make it stop right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's like, it's too late. It's already there. Right. Right. And the government you thought you were going to be able to depend on, yeah, you could depend on them when shit ain't happening. Yeah. But when shit starts happening in mass, it's not even, it's not even always the fact that they don't want to do anything or they just choose not to do it. It's They can't. They can't just on enough people. Right. So at that point, they realize, shit, I'm on my own. And you should have realized that in the middle of the whole situation because when, when, this, when the, pretty much the world was shut down, you were on your own. 
when we were having protests and riots every other day, it seemed like, and another city was burning every other day. And they were like, yeah, we're cops were like, yeah, we, there's not much we can do. You're kind of on your own. That that should have sunk right then and there and let you know that the only person responsible for your safety is you. The cops, the government, that's supplemental. You're not supposed to rely on it. You can't rely on it, even if you want to. The amount of time that it takes them just to respond. It's just, it, it's not happening. Right. If someone's breaking into your to house, if someone's on your property, the amount of time that it would take for a police officer to get to you, even if they do choose to respond quickly. Mm -hmm. Still not fast enough. Not fast, fast enough. enough. The, the popular saying, when seconds count, help is only a minute away. Yeah. And that's, and that's the whole, that's the whole basis from, at least from me, I'll speak from me. And I know there are a lot of people on the gun side of things that will agree with me. Is on the gun side. On of the things. gun, yes, on the gun side of things, which will agree with me is that I have to be self reliant when it comes to the protection of me, my family, and people that I love. Yeah. And that's why I want these firearms. You know, we talk about, and now there's talks about banning AR-15s and so forth and so on. And I'm like, no, I want an AR-15 because it is to me the best tool to defend myself with. And I don't want the struggle for my life to be a, a fair fight. I want it to be lopsided in my favor as best as I can. Yeah. And the AR does the best job, at least for me. I can speak to my now. You start getting into the weeds of it. You know, some gun guys will say, "Oh no, well this thing's better." You get some old guys like, "Oh, you need a shotgun," I'm like Joe, like Joe Biden. Um, All you need is a, a double shotgun, barrel. Shotgun, double right? barrel. <laughs> Shoot one in the air. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. land on your neighbor while he's out mowing the lawn. You fucking idiot. But I mean, even and then then he'll backdoor and get up on the camera and say, "Well, the nine millimeter will blow a lung out." Yeah, I'm like, have you seen the gunshot wounds of a of a double barrel shotgun? Yeah, what the like, fuck was that about? But uh, we're talking about a, a, a literal challenged person. Yeah, you know, a person who's yeah. got uh, it, mental issues. Yeah. No, no one's telling the emperor that he has no clothes. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. But like that outside of it, so there's two. There's a bunch of issues, right? Mm -hmm. But the the big one is mental health, because. This is what accounts for the suicides. Mm -hmm. and this is what accounts for this person that is willing to go and kill a bunch of innocent people. Yeah. You know, I remember the Aurora shooting, the one the guy went to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. They showed a photo of the guy after they arrested him. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I would have arrested him <laughs> if I saw him at Starbucks. <laughs> you know, you remember yeah. his, yeah. his face? Yeah. I mean, the guy was clearly yeah. ill. Yeah. I think too, so I, was, I read an article and I've always, I've always had this mindset. I've always, like, one of my first viral videos was how to stop a mass shooting, literally. And in the video, I was like, stop the fantasy. And by stop the fantasy, I mean have people in place to shut down his ability to kill as many people as possible because at the end of the day, a lot of these people really are doing it for the clout. They really are. They're doing it so that they, they can recognize. Exactly. Yeah. And so, because, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, the MO is always the same, right? Vast majority of them. And I read an article, and I, that, it even kind of blew me away a little bit, that there was a study that found, like, if the media changed the way that they handled reporting these mass shootings, we could, we could reduce mass shootings by 33%. Because really? of, yeah, because a lot of these mass shootings are copycat. But let me ask you this: How, you have to record. I mean, there there has to be some reporting yes. of a mass shooting. Yes, and so, I and so what it, what it's saying was, focus on the people who were killed, focus on what happened. But we go into a deep sea dive about these people's lives. Like in the video I did, I did it like five seven years ago, and I talked. I'm like, no one can name the vast majority of victims 
in a lot of these shootings. But you can name all of the shooters. You can name them. You know what they look at me? We just talked about it. He's like, man, he showed him the face. I was like, oof, I'm right, resting right. in Starbucks. Like, we know too much about them. And that's exactly what they want. Take the guy in New York. He now gets to sit back. Yeah, he's in jail, but he gets to sit back and watch his work. He's a mm. lunatic. We had, did a whole manifesto about why he did what he did. Right. Now he gets to sit back and watch it. Right. Right. And, and because he gets we, clout in prison, probably. Exactly. Yeah. And I even said that, you know. And I think there's something to be said about that. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say the government should tell, should tell the media they can't report on mass shootings. Not what I'm saying. But I do think there's something to be said about how we sensationalize these shooters. Right. And you know how I know for a fact? Because when Columbine happened, I was still in high school. And I remember when Columbine happened, I did a deep sea dive into studying both of those dudes. Because it was it was truly fascinating because I was like it never crossed my mind that somebody would do something like that. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get a better understanding about why someone would do that. And so it was easy as hell for me to get all the information in the world. It was plastered all over the news. Now, that was one of the most notorious school shootings that we had. So it's understandable that we were like, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Like, let's let's figure this out. It's probably the first, right? Uh, no, it wasn't the first. Wasn't the first school no. school shooting? Not no, I don't think it was the first school shooting. Don't believe so. I think it was the first school shooting to that scale. I mean, yeah, I think these dudes were walking around the school, they're just blasting at people and walking, just killing people in the library. Like it was, it was nuts. So there's a lot of things that have to happen. One, we have to figure out what what happens to a person. Like how far gone do they have to be where they can do something like that? And is there a way to stop that? And I think that's a conversation we need to have. And but I think. What could be done, though? Have you have you ever seen a, a rational sort of plan for stopping anybody before they get to that point? I mean, I've, I've one of the things that I've heard people talk about is that the FBI was aware of this guy. Mm-hmm. But what do they? What do you do? Do exactly right? right. Like, let me tell you a story, and I'm trying to be as vague about this as possible mm-hmm. because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But there was a kid at a school um, that someone that I know is connected to and this kid took a photo and sent it to his friends of him holding a rifle saying something about gonna go to school mm-hmm. on my way to school now so, something to that extent mm-hmm. and um, that photo got to one of the parents and one of the parents turned the kid into the police the police showed up at the kid's house and apparently he thought it was funny to say this was a while ago yeah. it, w- it was like there was a break between mass shootings the kid was only 11 yeah and they said he didn't know what he was doing he thought it was funny either funny yeah. or he was being you know being wild and you know he yeah. thought his friends would you know he was he was being a fucking idiot yeah. he's being an 11 year old who has access to a rifle Rifle, yeah and uh you know they moved in on him and they ascertained that he wasn't a threat how does that like when does one decide that someone is a threat like this guy had not killed anybody until he killed his grandmother and then killed all those kids so what how do you know when a person's about to pop i mean do you monitor them and how many kids you're monitoring how many kids are bullied to the point where they're suicidal or homicidal how many how many people are like that out there i think that's the natural restriction of our reality right it's because we do have 
we, we do have these things in place as far as rights are concerned. But it's like, so at what point, and it's a high standard to remove those rights from somebody, especially when they haven't done anything. Right. So that's the question that I think our brain power should be focused on trying to accomplish. While understanding it's no different than a criminal, though. Right. See, a criminal becomes a criminal once he does some criminal shit. We don't necessarily know when that's going to happen. Right. So what do we do? We put ourselves in the best position possible to stop that criminal when he decides to try to do it. And that's where we start getting into the conversations about hardening our schools. How do we go about hardening our schools? They had no problem hardening the capital with $1.9 billion after what happened on January 6th. Right. Right. So they understand on a fundamental level that they spent $1.9 billion. What I read in the article. I would like to see an accounting of all that money. Just saying. Because I think that's a little high. <laughs> if I was the guy running the, the Capitol, I'd be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? What are you doing? Yeah. How much, how much but, money? But again, what we're talking about is we're talking about position, people in positions of leadership who feel that their, their lives are more important than ours. Right. It's just, it's just, I'm not going to say it's just natural. But that tends to happen. You start to kind of develop the sense of superiority when you're in positions of power. And you're like, well, I need the protection because I'm, I'm a person of importance. Well, what about everyone else? Right. Because a lot of these people are wanting these gun control laws and removing these guns because they don't want the common people to have them because they see them as a threat to them. Yeah. Right? That was one of the arguments about this money that's going to Ukraine where people were like, how are you sending $40 billion to Ukraine and you're not spending any money protecting schools? Like, imagine, first of all, how, before we even get into protection, how about advancing education? Yeah. $40 billion would go a long way to improving schools. Uh, $40 billion would go a long way to providing security in yeah, these schools. schools. Yeah, You know, I mean, they're I mean, all... did, you, did you hear about how he got in? No. <laughs> so, and I'm not, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it was just astounding to me. So essentially what happened is he went through a back door that was unlocked and then he literally went. So they had they had plans in place to deal with potential mass shooters like this, um, at least on paper. The protocols that were supposed to be adhered to at the school. Yeah. Um, and he went door to door. He went to several different class doors. They were locked. He couldn't get in. And then there was one door that was that was ajar. And from what I read. By the time the teacher realized what was going on and she tried to go to the door to lock it, he grabbed the door and opened it. And he was able to get in that way. And so my, and I've always said this, I'm like, okay, we understand that we don't want these things to happen in our schools. So what's the, what's the first thing you do? If somebody broke into your neighbor's house, say tomorrow, the first thing you're probably going to think of is, all right, how do I harden my house to make sure this doesn't happen to me? That's going to be your first thought. Why would we not do that with our children in the places that they go to school? And I know people are like, we don't make it seem like they're living in a prison. You can, you can have passive defenses where optically it doesn't look like a prison. You can have reinforced doors that don't look like prison gates. You can do these things. But we don't. And to me, those are the easier things to implement before we even start talking about you know, banning this gun, banning that gun, which will do nothing to stop these things. Because when we talk about school shootings, the worst one we've ever had was Virginia Tech killed 33 people with handguns so from that perspective we understand that there are going to be people who are going to try to do this whether they use ar-15s whether they use handguns shotguns it doesn't matter the goal protect our kids right when obama was in office and his kids were in school you think this kid would aim it again in there and do what he did 
I do, do not believe that would be the case. No, <laughs> no you wouldn't be. No. Why? Because that school where those kids are going to, are, it's going to be hardened. Right. It's going to be. If, if, if Joe Biden had younger kids now and they were in school, that kid would not be able to get into that school. Right. He wouldn't because that school would be hardened. So what, what, there's so many schools. There are. Right. And there's so many guns and there's so many people and there's so many potential crazy people. Yes. It's like how much money would it cost to harden all of these schools? You're dealing um, with a lot of money. So right? I think there's a school, uh, I forgot the name of the school, I forgot where it was, where they have a whole system in place. It's crazy. Um, I put it in my, I put it in my uh, Evernote because I was going to go and do video on it, so I hadn't researched it thoroughly. And I think they said it was somewhere in the area of 400000 for the entire system, but the system scales. Right? So this is public? Uh, I don't remember well, if it was public. Public, I it was, private, or all? What do you mean for schools? Amount of schools? Well, no, the, this particular system at this school. Oh, this particular school. Yeah, so they had a whole system designed for Matt for school shooters. Oh, uh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Gotcha. So you're saying that four hundred thousand dollars for spent for the system for, the, for, yeah, the system for this particular system. Yeah, and it scales right. So you can have one aspect of it make it cheaper and so forth and so on. Um, and I forgot I didn't do the numbers. How many, uh, Jamie? Are you able to pull how many schools we have total? That's what I was country? curious about. I. Are there any charges that are being brought up against the cops that didn't go in? Not that I'm aware of. How do you keep a job? How do you, how do you, schools and districts, how many schools in the U.S.? There are about 130,930 public and private K through 12 schools in the United States, according to 2017-2018 data. So expensive. Yeah. Super expensive. Well, yeah, but again, $40 billion goes to Ukraine exactly. like, like that, that in the middle of a, a academic <laughs> downslide. But yeah. So, I mean, but then again, these are the same people that are always telling us, well, how much is a kid's life worth? Right. <laughs> right. So there should be absolutely some measure of protection that stops this from being some stops it from being available to someone that someone could just get into the school. Yes. I, I mean, I think that's bare minimum. So the fact this guy got in through a back door, and the only reason why he got into that classroom is because the door was ajar. Sorry, yeah. So protocols have to be in place. But the problem is people get relaxed. Yes, they do. After a while. Like nothing's happening. Which is why I'm, fine. I'm, and I get a lot of shit for it, and I think it's crazy that I get shit for it. But like I'm in favor of allowing teachers to own, to keep guns at school. Well, some places are now allowing teachers to have guns. Yeah. And I watched this video where all these uh, teachers pulled out their pistols mm. and they, they had them. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, oh, what kind of world we live in? <laughs> I, listen, I want to live in a world where that's not an option because it do, it's not necessary. Me too. Right? I think you do too. Yep. But we also have to live in reality. And mm -hmm. all of my liberal friends start screaming mm -hmm. about gun control. And then I say, then what? Like, what do you mean? Like, when you talk about the amount of guns, we've got to take those guns. Like, okay. It's not realistic. This is not realistic. It's not. It, not only is it not realistic, it's not smart. No. It's, I don't, look, I don't want anything like this to ever happen again. We're all on the same page. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's the, the point that's not being put out there. Because cause quite as kept, I'm tired of hearing how all gun owners are, the blood of the babies, the kids' hands are on all gun owners who don't want any more gun control laws. Yeah. That is, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, 
We have guns because we want to protect lives. And the only difference is how you want to go about doing it and how we want to go about doing it. It's not like, well, we don't give a damn about those kids. We just want our guns so we can go shoot in the backyard and just be happy and merry. No, we carry guns because we want to protect lives. We yeah. just differ on how we want to do it. Did so, you see what Trudeau said today? <sighs> Wait, today? Did you see? he? I'll send it to you, Jamie, because it is fucking wild. He said you don't have the right in Canada to own a gun to protect your life. <laughs> it is one of the most wild things I've ever seen anybody say. Because first of all, I don't believe it's true. I don't believe he is correct in terms of what what do they have up there? They don't have a constitution. It's not the same. But yeah, whatever no, it is. Like I mean, they're still part of England and yeah. UK, all of them over there. Um, well, they're under the rule of the queen, theoretically, technically speaking. Fuck. Someone sent it to me, and I, I don't know if I saved it because I was so disgusted. I think I might have, like, just fucking threw my hands up in the air. But there's a whole Twitter thread about it that someone had sent to me, and uh, well, I can't find it at the moment. But essentially what he was saying was that that is not what's in the whatever they have up there. Yeah. That, that's that it says you have the right to own a gun for hunting and for shooting sports you do not have the right to own a gun for self-preservation and to preserve lives but apparently that's not even true even if it was true you have to think about what type of leader you're under who can open his mouth and say something like that as a justification for doing what he's doing as far as gun control is concerned. Well, it's the son that, of a guy who is a politician and a leader and a completely removed person from terms of regular society and the, the problems that other people face. Oh, you mean like Joe Biden? Yeah. Oh. Same, same thing, basically. <laughs> the same people. Both corrupt, both <laughs> yeah. full of shit. Telling yeah, you, and, and, that's a, and that's a thing that the other side, and when I say the other side, I mean the gun lobby, the anti-gun gun lobby, has done a good job of is is creating this here it is other than using firearms for sports shooting and hunting there is no reason anyone in Canada should need guns in their everyday lives we need less gun violence this is about freedom people should be free to go to the super okay but this is not the the, the main thing the thing that he said that was uh, egregious was he said that they don't have the right to own guns uh, for yeah that's not even it either there's a, an actual video of it uh, an actual vi this is what this is a little bit further long longer ago when he was talking about um, they made a ban on the purchase of handguns, yeah. the transfer of handguns, the import importing handguns. Um, yeah. So it's funny. So I get a lot of like even my my legal mentor. This this is literally the guy who taught me how to argue, um, and we go back and forth about this because um, he sometimes he thinks I'm too extreme on the issue sometimes. Um, and I and I think the problem is he doesn't understand that the ultimate goal is for them to ban guns. And when I say that out loud, they think I'm crazy. And I'm like, I've been doing this long enough to see where this goes. And look at what's happening in Canada right now. You have someone who is literally, they started off by banning AR-15s, so-called assault weapons. Um, and now all of a sudden, now he's talking about people don't have a right to own a handgun. Yeah. If right now in our country, people killed with rifles is about 435 every year, 435, close to 500 maybe. More people die from getting beat to death than they do killed with an AR-15. So if the goal is so people's rationale is, well, these school shooters, and I'm being very specific about school shooters because the vast majority of mass shootings are committed with handguns. 
mass shootings. School mm-hmm. shootings are trends on the side of AR-15s. So let's say we ban the AR-15s. Then what? Because people were saying that you guys are being ridiculous. We just want we just want to get rid of these scary assault military rifles. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm like, it's that's not just it. Because I know where this is going because I understand the data. The vast majority of people that are being killed in mass shootings are committed with handguns. It's only a matter of time before we have another one and we're having this conversation again. And now you're telling us we need to ban handguns. And you can't say them crazy because they're doing it right now in Canada. And so that's the problem is people aren't being realistic about this conversation. Yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to find the video. Oh, I'm sorry. Good. See if you can find it, Jamie. Um, it, it was people were freaking out reading it or, or watching it because it was just like it's such a crazy thing to say that you you can't have a gun to protect yourself. Like, it's just it's that nuts. you do not have the right to own a gun to preserve your life. But this is the mentality. This yeah. is the mentality that our leaders have. Not, not only in Canada, this is a pervasive thought process in the leaders of our country. And, you, and this is further exemplified by the fact of how they reacted to the Heller decision. The Heller decision... What is le- the Heller? It's, it's the Supreme Court case that said that you have an individual right to own a firearm. And the leaders of the country literally fought back against it. This is literally the Supreme Court case that says you have an individual right to own a firearm. And they were still upset with that ruling. So it tells you, this should tell you everything you need to know about what they genuinely want to do. But no one wants to acknowledge that reality. They're like, oh, no, no, no. We just want common sense, rational, reasonable, all this, these other amorphous, euphemistic words. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not the case at all. It's not. They, they, they're looking at it from a position of control. You're looking at it from a position of protecting lives, which is – I, I agree with you. Let's try to do that. I don't, agree with, I don't agree with you about how to do it, but I can give you that. At least I know you're coming from a position of I just want to save lives. I don't really know how to do it. I think getting rid of guns might do it or banning certain guns might do it. I can, I can respect that. But when it comes to our leaders and the people that are pushing this the most – and my biggest frustration, people are always like, oh, cool, you're so political. You're so, you're so super anti-left-wing. No. It just is what it is. The vast majority of gun control comes from the left. The, the politi- vast majority. The vast majority. There's, Why do you think that is? Because you mean from the from the leadership standpoint, or from the but people all the who, above? I mean, even my left wing friends, the pe- the ones that I'm, you know, that I know well, that just whenever a mass shooting happens, that they, I look on their Twitter feed, and it's always like "gun control now!" exclamation point. I'm I, like, I put up a tweet not too long ago that kind of got people's panties in a bunch but i said half of this country wants to wants to be ruled over the other half of this country just wants to be left alone the problem is the people who want to be ruled over want everyone to be ruled over and i by and large think that for a lot of people on the left and i'm not saying everybody because i know a lot of liberal gun owners right who are adamant about protecting the second amendment but a vast majority of them really do overly rely on the government as far as keeping them safe and giving them everything that they need. And when you do that, your default is always going to be depend on the government. The government inherently, from the standpoint of wanting, utilizing the government to fix all the issues in the country, um, you get that from the left side of the leadership aisle because they want to gain, they want the government to gain as much power as possible in order to gain control over the people. Whereas when you look on the other side of the aisle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just found it too. 
Here it is. Oh, there we go. Okay, play this because this is great. A, a culture where the difference is guns can, and we have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada, and there's lots of gun owners, and they're mostly law respecting and, and, and law abiding, but. You can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection, no, you don't get that. You get it for hunting. You can get it for sports shooting. You can take it to the range. Uh, no problem, as long as you go through our rigorous background checks. But there's a difference around the culture. And one of the things that we're yeah. seeing with the debate in the States is you get more and more of the American-style you know, right-to-carry, self-defense arguments filtering up through through the uh, you know the, the usual more right-wing communications channel now scroll I, down now scroll down this thread because in this thread it's exposed that that's not the case in terms of their laws someone pulls up the the actual laws if you keep keep going um let's see what it says here there it is okay uh, subsection 12, 6.1, approve the transfer individual, individual needs a restricted firearm gun. Okay, here it goes. Um, December 1, 1998, handguns, only if the chief firearms instructor is satisfied, A, that the individual needs the restricted firearm or handgun, I, to protect the life of that individual or of other individuals. And I.I. for use in connection with his or her lawful profession or occupation of. Or B. That the purpose for which the individual wishes to acquire the restricted far, firearm or handgun is I. For the use of target practice, target competition. Okay. So A. If you look at A. To protect the life of that individual or other individuals. So this is written in. Go, go back to the top of this please. So, subsection 12, 6.1, in December 1st, 1998, handguns, only if the chief firearms officer is satisfied. So, this is the prime, it says under this, uh, this gentleman, Mr. Ramali, posts this on Twitter, our prime minister doesn't even know the law. Canadian Firearms Act, section 28, AI. So, it is, it is in their law. Which is fucking crazy you know, gonna, for a guy to say that. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I think that is more geared towards elitism. And here's what I'm getting at. In New York, you can get a concealed carry license. It's hard. Why is it hard? Who are they giving it to? Well, they gave it to a friend of mine exactly. who's out of his fucking mind. So if you're <laughs> So if you're famous But he's famous, yeah. Or donating to police you know, police Police chiefs. When I say out of his fucking mind, yeah. I just say it as in, in jest mostly. Gotcha. He's a great guy. Um, but he's a, a firearms enthusiast yeah. and he's also famous. Mm -hmm. And he and, and it took a long ass time yeah. for him to get a concealed carry. Yeah. They are handing them out more often now in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles now, yes. Because of that sheriff. Yeah. I like that yeah. sheriff. But if you really think about it, that reads just like the New York law that in terms of being able to carry a firearm for protection. Yeah, technically you can. But, but he's but it saying has to be own. Huh? He's not even saying that's not. We're not talking about a license to carry. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that. See, they don't have a Second Amendment, right? Right. So, the way that read to me, and listening to Trudeau, and then reading that, it's kind of like so. And when it comes to concealed carry license, you have a, a may issue and shall issue states, right? May issue is if they can, if you can justify to the sheriff that you need this gun because of your business or your celebrity, somebody who needs to protect their life, 
right? Then you can get a concealed carry license. But to a regular common person, there's no just that. That's not just that's not enough. There has to be an extenuating circumstance, which usually falls on the idea of I'm famous, so I need I need to protect myself, or I have a jewelry business and I move a lot of cash, and therefore I need a gun to protect myself. Well, that takes it even further, and it says. Okay, technically, yes, you can own a gun if you can justify to the officer that you have an extenuating circumstance that you need to own that gun to protect your life. And so on its face, I can read it two ways. Yeah, you can justify it to the officer, but to the regular common person, if you're famous, you're a celebrity, or you have a certain business, then sure, they'll give it to you. However, if I'm just a regular person, good luck actually using that to justify it. Because they're going to say you just being a regular person doesn't justify you needing it to protect your life. And that's what he's saying. Regular people don't need firearms to protect their lives. It's special people like him and celebrities and, and, and every other elitist who may need these firearms to protect themselves. But regular people, they don't need firearms. But, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. But, but that's it just how, says that's to how protect your life. That's how they're executing it. That's why he's able to say with a straight face what he's saying. But he's not even saying it that there's an option if you need mm -hmm. to protect your life. Because he doesn't believe there is one. Because <laughs> I think he, he would rather have the population unarmed. And I think this particularly rings true after the demonstrations that were uh, those the trucker demonstrations. Yeah. When he demonized all the truckers as being racist and misogynist, like just an open generalizing statement as a leader, you should be discredited like instantaneously. Yep. Like you're not a fucking leader. Like to, for you to make a, a generalization on hundreds, if not thousands of people, people that you don't even know, like that is so wild. And that you're going to use that to state your point that you don't want these people to be able to protest, which is crazy and because it's a giant part of what a civilized democratic society is allowed to do but yet here we are in america trying to do what they're doing yes <laughs> that's the thing that baffles me well i think there's some people that want to do what they're doing but, yeah of course but there's a giant percentage of our population that's not having it yeah a and huge a huge percentage a huge and more so more so that they don't know about mm -hmm. there are so many people that i know that got red-pilled <laughs> over this la listen you know, I've had this conversation before. I'm going to say it again. I am a liberal. I am a liberal person. I am very left wing on almost all issues except gun control. When it comes to the Second Amendment, that's one of the ones you where were one I'm of the people very, I was talking about. <laughs> like I'm that, very yeah. right wing, but I've been very right wing on that for yeah. a long time mm -hmm. because I know violent people. I've experienced violence. I understand crime. I've I, I just know reality and human beings. Yep. And I don't like the idea yeah. of being unarmed. I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't agree that it's the safest way. And I don't buy into this nonsense that you know, like if you live a good life and you're a good person, it's not going to come to you. That's crazy. crazy. No, that's not how the way works. That's not how the world works. The, the world. For look, Christ's sakes, we just had children. Exactly. 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 Most innocent of exactly. people on the planet. Exactly. And so this, so this, this is one of those issues where I, uh, I have friends that they have this ideological wall and this wall, they hit the wall where they're not, there's nothing, no reasonable answer other than take away all the guns. Well, also part, part of it too is, and a good friend of mine once said this and I was like, yeah, you're right. The problem is that a lot of those people only see themselves as possible victims of gun violence, never the defender against it. Exactly. And when you can only see yourself as the victim you have to rely on someone else to protect you, which is why the immediate response is government, take them away. 
make all those guns go away. What's also why the stories where someone does protect people from a mass shooter, like the story that came out just a, a few, few days, days afterwards, got no press. None. I mean, None. I saw a little bit of it on yeah. some right wing website, on some right wing websites, but for the most part, it was ignored by the mainstream media, yep. particularly by the left wing media. I didn't see a fucking peep. And out the ones of it. that did, it was just small article written up, back somewhere yeah. like. 5,000 links down exactly. on the page. Exactly. Toss it away. But, yeah. but I'm telling you, a lot of my friends that were hardcore lefties mm -hmm. got red-pilled over the pandemic when uh, they saw cop cars being lit on fire and houses are being broken into. Shit and, when, and when friends got their homes broken into and they called the cops and the cops wouldn't do a damn thing about it, they were like, holy shit. I had so many people call me up asking me how to get a gun. Can I borrow one of their guns? They, yep. could, could they borrow one of my guns, guns rather? And you're like, nope, can't. I'm like, that's, that's not how it works, buddy. Yeah. If you move to Texas, I give you one, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty wild. And, and so that getting to that, that's the whole background check thing. Yeah, that's that whole thing where and that's another thing that people don't realize is the way they talk about it, the way the anti-gun lobby talks about background checks. They talk about it as if we don't have background checks in this country. Right. We do. You buy a gun from a dealer, you have to get a background check. Right. But we, that 18 year old kid passed a background, background check, check. Yeah, because, which is crazy because he's he doesn't there's no criminal history. Right. Because he's only 18. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the question then remains. So it's like so I hear talks about, OK, well, let's include the juvenile records. Right. If the juvenile record doesn't have an offense that's equatable to a felony that prohibits him from owning a firearm, he still would get it. What? What did this kid have a juvenile record? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he had anything legally. He's had some weird acts on his part in the past. Well, right? wasn't his nickname "School Shooter"? <laughs> well, I didn't hear that. Was it? Some. I don't know if it's true, but someone told me that his nickname in high school was "School Shooter." <laughs> but so then the question remains: is, It goes. So what do we do? Right. Find out, find out if that's true. So what how do we, we do? do? Right. So what like we, we know do? this. Like this kid's nickname is school shooter, and so for all intents and purposes, we want to keep guns out of this kid's hands. Right. However, the problem is, is once he turns eighteen, he's adult. Whether he's eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, once he reaches the age where he's legally, constitutionally able to buy a firearm, he has it. The only thing that can preclude him from doing it is if he commits a felony. Or he's committed because of some mental health issue. Right. Right. So he hasn't done anything. We don't live in the age of minority report where we can arrest people before they actually commit crimes. Right. So we have to understand constitutional rights have to have a certain bit. They're, they're either rights or they're not. Texas gunman was nicknamed the Ubo school shooter on a messaging app. Yeah. So he really was. So look at it. he also like used to wear wacky clothes. That, like, he was an interesting, interesting yeah. kid to say. What is Ubo? Is that another social media app? Should I get on it? Let's all, immediately. I'm like, should I? I mean, I jump on every I social. Get, I, jump I get on, on immediately? I jump on every social media app. Are you on all of them? Yes. No, it's the only way to get to get the word out as much as possible because it's, you know, I'm always dealing with either being shadow banned on this platform for a period of time and then being shadow banned on that platform. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, how, how shadow banned are you? It, it, you know, it's weird. It ebbs and flows. It's really odd. Um, so... I think I'm worse shadow banned on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, yeah. yeah. Instagram yeah. is, it's, they've hit the brakes on me, baby. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do anything, dude, and, and which is what's crazy. And what's crazy is the only way I'm able to beat it is because people share my content so much. That's the only thing the algorithm can't fight back against is sharing content. So the fact that I've been able to grow my audience the way that I have, could you imagine if I wasn't shadow banned? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to bring up. I wanted to look at what it is now. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now at 9.1 million on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I was at 8.2 when Elon started talking about buying it. 
Dude, mine mine has shot up too shot on Twitter. Up. It shot up. I'm, so yeah. they must have removed some of the algorithms that I were in know place they to restrict did. people. It, it's the only explanation. Yeah. It's the only explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Just heard, then, all of a sudden, go ahead. I've heard of a few people that I know personally, and I got a few messages of someone saying an alternative thought is that people who were not on the platform like that Elon bought it and joined. Nine hundred thousand just for me? It's not that it's many. Not that many. Can't be. That's you're, also, I'm, 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 you're suggested to a lot of people once they follow one person, like follow these five or ten other people. You yeah. know, so like I know, but it's so quick, Jamie, and it immediately happened right after Elon did it. I feel like it might be bots too. I I've had have, it. I've had it confirmed from people on the inside. But he yeah. also didn't that buy it yet. on Instagram. Like, like they've they've literally found that I was placed in a particular group of people that was designed to blacklist. To basically a shadow ban me. Yeah. Right. And then as soon as that person was able to remove me out of there, floodgates open. And then yeah. and then somebody else gets because people forget these are individuals who are running these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not uh Zuckerberg isn't sitting behind the computer himself saying, We're gonna we're gonna shadow ban Joe, we're gonna shadow ban right. Coleon Noir. No, these are just individuals and who with all types of different ideologies, right? There are people at Facebook who are exceedingly pro gun. Yeah. And then there are people who are exceedingly anti There's not a lot of them. No, there <laughs> isn't. They've got to keep their fucking mouth shut. Exactly. And so that's what's happening. So you get these individuals who are inherently anti, and they come across your page, and they're like, fuck that guy. Well, we wouldn't really Ugly. have proof of any of this if it wasn't for Project Veritas. Truth be told. Project yeah. Veritas, and you know, I know a lot of people don't like the way they do business, but that is the only way to get that kind of information. <laughs> Dudes be talking too much on their dates. That's what's <laughs> hilarious. It's it's kind of a brilliant move. You get these single guys, you put tits in front, in front of, of them, them. Yep. you get a hot God, lady in front of them, God or a hot forbid, guy. God forbid they start drinking too. They so, start running. Yeah, some of them must be hot guys because a few of those Oh, yeah, because they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're a few of those fellows. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I, I don't want to be prejudiced, but I think they're a little they zesty. Might, they, they're a little zesty. They're a little zesty. They might be. <laughs> they, they might be. Uh, they might have rainbow underwear. There's <laughs> there's a thing that they do though, where they get these people comfortable, and then they somehow or another get them talking about their business, and they start oh, talking just... about how they're essentially communists, about how they ban oh. all these right wing people or shadow ban them, where they limit the reach like, of their their tweets. And these are people making a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like it's coming from the top down. Yeah, these people are making those decisions unilaterally on their own. Yeah, and so that's the problem. And so I've dealt with it countless occasions. The only reason why my account one day it's like floodgates open. I'm getting I'm getting a hundred follows almost every hour, versus what the hell? How am I losing followers at this point? Right. So it's it's interesting. But the how losing that works. thing, I always assume that they must be cleaning up bots. That, but I'm a little dis- I'm, I'm not sure about that anymore. I'll show you mine. Because Sorry to cut you off. I, I have thousands of people that follow me and unfollow me every single day. That yeah. my number stays the exact same. Oh yeah, well that's yeah. normal. Because uh, that's normal because people just unfollow you and follow well, you. Yeah. But I'm talking about like big numbers. Yeah. And I'm also talking about, you know, you could say that people decided because Elon was going to buy the platform that this not but here's, in mass like that. Right, and also it's disproportionately affecting people on the right. <laughs> it really is. Even yeah. though I'm not on the right. But then but I get lumped in that. I get lumped in that because I'm a cage fighting commentator and the hunter and all that other stuff the problem though too is people who lean more left were losing a ton of followers also well people and this is what i was going to say people who lean more left lost followers when elon yep. s- started talking but, about buying it but, but to the to the extent that they were losing them right i think i mean they were losing them in droves not that many people jumped off twitter simply because elon was talking about buying it even Are though they sure, lean though? Left. because like vox to, had an article like how to bail 
Like, like if, there, there's a lot of people that decided, which is really wild, mm-hmm. because if you go back to 2015, Elon was the left-wing superhero. Yeah. People are so goddamn fickle. Fickle, man. They're so crazy. Fickle. They All of a sudden, they're deciding yeah. that he's some, and now he said he's voting Republican. And, <laughs> they came for him. He got massaged and, and I, tried to get jerked off. I mean, I it's just wild. Him. I actually tweeted him, because he made a statement. Somebody asked him about um, AR-15s. Um, and he what said, he, he said something. He's like, I think that there should be like an extensive evaluation for people who own AR-15s or like mental health or some mental health evaluation and so forth and so on. And so what I said to him when I was like, here's the problem with that. One, it's a constitutional right. And I was like, and two, understand who's going to be in charge of making those decisions. That's the problem. I was like, right now you are trying to protect the first on a platform and they're trying to destroy you for it. So imagine what they would try to do to somebody like me who is a Second Amendment advocate, and I say, I want to be able to own a certain gun, and I have to go through these extensive evaluations. So this is no different than yeah. that than the write-up, that um, than the law we just saw in Canada, where like the officer has to approve that is for life-saving purposes. Well, the problem with saying that people are trying to destroy him is that there's, there's a thing that happens whenever there's conflict, mm-hmm. whenever there's any kind of conflict. Yeah. And it, when you have a guy who is one of the richest men, if not the richest man on earth, <laughs> And he does anything, there's going to be people mad. Which is true. They're going to be angry. And true. when you're dealing at scale with, like, what are the numbers of people that are on Twitter? Let's take a guess. Let's, let's take a guess. What do you think the number of people on Twitter is? How many people are, like, active on Twitter? Active? Active. That are not bots? Let's just, I mean, we don't really know what that is. Because yeah. um, he thinks the bots might be really high. Because they said 5%. But he that was it might up. be 40. Yeah, I agree. Really? Mm-hmm. I think so. Sometimes, sometimes I go into like I don't post much on Twitter because it's it's so toxic. Shit, but but examine it. Mm -hmm. I examine it sometimes for just not my own post, but other people's posts, just just to see like what discourse is like. Like that that post about Trudeau, and I go into it, and then I see some posts. I'm like, what is this person saying? Click on their profile. Nothing. Zero followers, and it's all like weird, random political stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is not a real human. I don't know if you get it in your comment section because usually I see your post, and I'll either like or just go comment and be out but are you getting a lot of bots in your instagram oh comments dude d- do i get bots <laughs> i will post something and within, within seconds. seconds okay let's do it right yeah. now we'll do it live <laughs> right. because we'll do it live uh where no one will know that we're doing it so All look right. at me i'm gonna do it with you smile bam <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> There's you. I'm gonna immortalize you. You happy with that? <laughs> I'm happy with that. I, I'm so used to dealing with women. <laughs> Is this a good picture? I'm like, I don't care. I don't know. You put it through a filter. Damn, you look jacked in this picture. All right, so I'm gonna post this on Instagram. Um, well, Instagram is the real one for for bots. That's where I get the bots. <laughs> um. Okay. Fun times talking gun control. Times. Talking gun control with my friend Colion. Here we go. Bam. Okay. So right now, All right, let me see. I'm going to put it up there right, right this very second. Right. Ready, set, go. Share. And now I'm going to look and we're going to check it out. Bam. Okay, no comments yet. They so now. They don't follow me for me. What? Oh, never mind. That's my other page. Already <laughs> have seven comments. I already have seven They're comments. They're all bots. They're all bots. Are you fucking? That's yeah. fucking nuts. 
Bots, but it's screen. way more now. Look at it. Look at this. Look at all the comments. These are all bots. <laughs> look at it. Just look at that. Why is everyone always judge me after seeing my stories? <laughs> but look at the language too. Why everyone always Which judge me after seeing my stories? <laughs> that bitch is Russian. That's not a. That's a man. Look at that one. Look at their booty. Yeah, How long? It's just can you go make it so we can read the whole thing, please? Uh, how long and strong you make duration with me? <laughs> Why everyone always judge me after see my stories? Me or your girlfriend? It's all butts. I think need I, help. I, I think I think I think women with BBLs just are naturally attracted to you. What is BBL? Um, Brazilian butt lifts. Yeah, yeah. Is that that makes me sad that people are getting <laughs> operations? I was telling you that I, I look at this. Wow, 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 wow. Why everyone? It's all. I mean, bots. you did post me, so the wow, 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 wow kind of makes sense with the hard eyes. Look I mean, you, just, you look jacked, dude. Look at those guns. I've been, son. Try, I've been trying. To, I've been in the gym, look bro. At the guns. <laughs> What's your. Look at Fafarit style. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How bad is the English of these bots? There's no greater <laughs> joy. What does that say? Financial, financial freedom. Financial freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bot, bot, bot. Is he still simping for the NRA? Oh, uh, that's, that's a real person. That's a real person. That's a real person. That's that's a guy with a little dick. I bet. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming to my rescue when I needed someone to help me out. Yeah, in quickest draw in the West. Oh, that's you. That's oh, yeah. real. I'll take that's it. real. I'll take. I'll, I'll take that too. My mother said I'm too pretty to be ignored. Is that true? <laughs> this is within 48 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Joy of the heart. Just received my profile. I can now clear up all my debt and start my own business. I'm paying five grand to seven people. Ivanka admitted there was no voter fraud. What is that? <laughs> is that real? I don't know. Don't yeah, know that's why. more fake too. It's like all it's all bots. Yep. It's literally ninety nine percent bots. Nuts. And if you go, none of them are following you. No? No. So I, how do they I get it? Because I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? So I was like, man, let me really? go see if they're following me. Okay, let me check me. on this right now. Check this one. Not following me. Mm -mm. Twenty two plus model. She's twenty. She's 22. I think she likes you, dude. I think she likes me, too. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, is that even a human? Don't you don't know. even know. It could be artificial generated, <laughs> really you know? They, they, they're generating people now. Generate that, son. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But here's my question. What, what are they getting out of that? I don't know. I mean, people fall for it, though. But what do they so, do? So do, I actually, do they click happens. on the profile? Let's click on the it's profile. numbers game. Right. That's it. It's just right, but uh, what, what, is, what is, like, if they get a hit, like, what do they get? You can fall into a trap to yeah. give someone gift Stop cards and that bullshit. Okay, let's go on one of them. I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no? Well, I can't. I can't compromise my account. With oh, okay. I see. I so it's, it happens on YouTube, too. <laughs> so I'm having somebody's, so what they'll do is they'll take a thumbnail that, of, of me. Yeah. And then they'll comment in all, in all my videos and then tell them, call this number. And they're thinking, it, they're thinking it's me. Call this number and you've won this free prize or something like that. And so like, I got to get on them. Like I make videos. I'm like, look, that's not me. Stop doing that. And then they'll like send information, or in some cases, send money. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was, it, I got really bad at one point on Facebook. Facebook's done a better job of nipping that in the bud, um, where literally people were getting scammed out of money, thinking it was me. Oh. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, that's not me. And then people getting mad at me, like, where the hell's my stuff? Ooh. And I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? Yeah, I've like, given up on trying to stop all yeah, the fucking fake me's. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, the weird industry that has emerged of like scamming people online, and it's really kind of fascinating. Yeah, how when you're saying it's a numbers game, I wonder how many people. But I, as you're saying that online, I go, 
didn't they just used to do it by the mail before? It yeah, just took it's, a little just, bit longer. It, yeah, it just transcended over on, online. I get, but I think it's way more like lucrative now, right? Because you, know? you, you have because you have such you have access to such enormous amount of people in a short period of time versus like yeah. Jamie was saying with mail, you know, it just takes a lot longer. Why not bring in another viewpoint? Someone says, "Shut up." <laughs> this is one of the rare times where I read comments. <laughs> um, I want to. I want to go to one of these bots. Okay, I'm going to go to this bot. So it says. Uh, Oh, this is different. This is a cartoon maker. See, I think there's a lot of those that are fake too. Yeah. Like the, I've seen a lot of those that are like basically the same thing. They say, right. "I make cartoons. I, I make an on image one, of you." For instance. Oh, that's a real dude. But no, it? it's not. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's so, nope. so what they'll also do is then. Uh, that's How do you know it's not a real guy? Eh, it's not. It's not. What a lot of them will do will take. They'll get access to someone's account on Facebook. Take all of their data. Use their pictures to then create a fake account that looks like a real person. Talks like a real person knows things about that the ones that like don't even let you follow them are fascinating oh you know like you have to follow them in order to oh in order to see yeah 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 oh this account is private like look that looks like a real girl right there's another one that's private her original account she's real shut the fuck up that's a real real girl stop she's my friend (laughs) (laughs) don't be an asshole that's not, that's not how it, Can you imagine works. being a sad, And then they'll say something like deleted dude. at 60K to justify why their yeah, followers are so there's old. a 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old that hasn't been online that long that doesn't know yeah. these games, and they will be they'll fall for it yep. one night. Okay, I want to click on this link, but I don't. It says adults only, hottie, adult performer, musician. You, you might not want to click on that. I do, though. But I you, don't, but I do. <laughs> like, I want to know I, what so the scam you, is. If you, I click, let me click on that one. We'll see. It's going to take to another more links, links, though, I bet. Yeah. Do you have uh, oh. some sort of a block? Oh, my God, that's her butt for real? So, like this? This is a real girl, Jamie. <laughs> it's you a should real apologize girl. <laughs> to her. That's a real... That might be a boy. <laughs> really By the way, be, today, so they do a great job on, on those <sighs> fake butts that they put on uh, biological males. Yeah. Um, so, if you click on things... Is it? Do you have like some um, protection? On this one, no. That's why I'm not clicking. Yeah, don't, that. don't, don't, but don't, don't. That's what. That's the game. So, yep. so they get you to click on that, and then is like an OnlyFans type deal, or is At it something day, else? It could be getting could a track, like the way yeah. trackers used to have yeah. on your computer. They get a right. keylogger on there, they find your information, or they're just trying to trick you into putting it in somewhere, somewhere yeah. or trying to trick you into an OnlyFans account. Like if you do like sign up for an OnlyFans account, even if you're a sucker. And you go, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. And, well, and you pay. I think in those cases, those girls are kind of real because what they're Some doing, of them. Is, yeah, because what they what they want to do is get, you know, they actually want people to sign up for their OnlyFans, right. right? Right, but and you have to have the content there to actually keep them there. But don't they steal content from someone else's yeah, OnlyFans? You know what? They, they also pay true. for people yeah. to engage. Yeah. I don't know if you know about that. I do. I heard about that. Yeah. I was I was watching Wait, an interview what, where this what happened. These <laughs> girls hire men to write to other men with their photos. So like they'll have a manager and yeah. the manager will handle like all, all these different women. Gotcha. And then they so sign up for OnlyFans and they give them a piece of it. They're like, look, I'll take you know X percent. You take yeah. the rest. Well, I'll write all these things and, and we'll hire people that engage with these with guys these, all and day long. They're, and they're thinking they're engaging. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. And so they think Damn. they have a like they're having like a text buddy relationship yeah. with these girls. And they're sending them heart face emojis and clasping hands and the whole deal and and they think they're in love. And that only man, that OnlyFans stuff is that's interesting, crazy. man. That's that's some. Nerdy it's wild shit because to me, there's man. so many sad guys out there, yeah. man. There's so many sad, sad, sad dudes that like that alone is like the, the to be able to interact with a woman like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's I, I think it's just the reality of the dating market now. 
And how so? Social media. It's, it's different. Like, girls have access to men they otherwise would never had access to before. So you're getting this cluster effect of they're only going to go after the guys they absolutely want, where before you you had it where you only dealt with the people in your environment. Right, at a club or yeah. wherever you went. Exactly. Yeah, and you so, had to meet people yeah. in real life. Because before it's like, like, say, for instance, let's say Michael B. Jordan, right? If a girl was really into Michael B. Jordan, before the only way she could possibly get his attention is to what? Maybe happen to run into him somewhere and, and likely to be a big. full exactly. psycho full so, psycho to so leave the house Sager posted this yesterday that where people met online the couples i don't know how long they were dating in this case but as of 2020 it's like the most most people meet online yeah well according to every other well how the fuck meet. was anybody meeting online in 1940 what does that mean <laughs> well <laughs> comparatively uh, Okay, so met online. So in the the olden days, back in the day, they met through friends, right? Is that what it's saying? Yeah, like that was most, the most people popular. met through friends, or they met in a bar or restaurant, or yeah. And now most people meet online. Wow, look yeah. at the numbers! Yeah. It is a rocket ship towards meeting online. Family set it up. That was the before nineteen forty. That was the highest. It's like wow, arranged marriages, or you know, I've got a niece or a son. Exactly. Yeah. Look at all the people that used to. Meet they meet through church or they meet as co-workers. Co-work, a lot of fucking going on in that uh -huh. office. Back before work they husbands, put the work wives. Look at, like, once people started getting in trouble for that, look at the drop yeah. in people meeting <laughs> as co-workers. Isn't that wild? Yeah, like, nutty. the 210 to 2020, look at that. 2010 to 2020 oh, drop-off. Right. Yeah. It's a crazy drop-off. Like, too risky. Yeah, wild. Well, shit where you eat. But what's interesting is, though, the guys are still vulnerable to that. Oh, like, absolutely. They're not trying, but if a girl still tries, we're dumb. Guys are dumb. Are we dumb? Oh, so dumb. That used to be like a move where a girl would like get a job as a secretary to uh -huh. meet a so guy who's an executive. I mean, girls did it in college. Like, girls, like, like what, do you get? what are you studying? I'm studying my MRS. Like, what's MRS? My missus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They used to say yeah, that? Yeah. yeah There's a, a girl who's kind of famous on YouTube because she talks openly about submitting to her husband. Mm -hmm. Have you, you know this girl? I think I know who you're talking about. And yeah. she talks about how, you know, people submit to their boss. Yeah. You know, and all then, the time. But you they know, don't submit to their... Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, we have a great relationship and we cooperate together and I, I'm i essentially a professional wife. I mean, feminism has turned the word submission into a bad word. I mean, well, this is what it is. I mean, it's like who you're submitting to. You're submitting to someone who loves you and cares for you and is looking out for you genuinely, yeah. or you're submitting to some guy who's an asshole who just has money. And there's just there's that too. I think there's a. I think that's why I'm. I've always said it too. Like any any time I deal with anyone, I only ask you two things: is loyalty and respect. I don't need your love. What? You don't need love from a girl? Loyalty and respect. Dude, you're a rapper. No, I'm being dead serious. Because I mean, because think, <laughs> think, think about it like this. <laughs> You're a gangster. That's such a gangster thing to say. There are things. There are things. There are things people won't do because they respect you. Okay. There are things people will do even if they love you. It's different. I'm not saying I don't want love at all. I'm just saying I prioritize that loyalty and respect. Well, That's, like also, like what do you? What's your your standard for love? Like there's some people that think of love like they right away love people. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that like you got to really, really earn the word love. That's how I am. I think in most p cases that's true. But if I'm drunk, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I'm a drunk, different I L word. Everybody. I love everybody <laughs> from drunk. 
Yeah. It's um, funny. I do. I think I do a pretty good job uh, monitoring myself when I'm drunk. Yeah. The problem with like drunk is like then you sober up. Yeah. If you could just maintain. If you like, just... imagine if there. <laughs> Imagine if there was a drug that you could take that had no side effects that just kept you buzzed Buzz. all day long. No, no I've, I've gotten my drink into a science on that level. Really? Yep. How do you do yep. it? I just know how my body reacts. Because you know, you know how me, I'm like, I won't smoke weed. I won't right. do anything, right? Right. Except alcohol, which is probably the worst, but whatever. It is. <laughs> like, it is. But um, I think what it is is I, I hit a certain level where I don't like the feeling. Mm. And so, so I, don't, like, I don't like feeling shit-faced. So for me, I'll hit a point where I'm floating, mm -hmm. right? And once I'm there, I'll stop. Maintain. I'll shut it off. Yeah. I won't drink anymore. Are you um, aware of uh, glutathione? Yes, I am. Yeah, liposomal yeah. glutathione. I think we talked about that. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. But yeah. for people that didn't hear that, it has a really significant effect on your body's ability to process alcohol. I mean, it's not, uh, I think it's been exaggerated by some people, mm -hmm. you know, but there's a real legitimate effect documented effect that liposomal glutathione has on your body's ability to process alcohol. And there's a lot of people that take glutathione when they're drinking to, 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 to manage your body's processing. I don't remember the last time I had a hangover. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I told you, I have it down to a science. A lot of it, too, is when I'm so, like, especially, like, when I come to Austin, because I do actually most of my partying in Austin. Really? Oh, yeah. This is where you yeah. get hammered? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Why? Sunday fun days, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday fun days, man. But why up here? Why do you um, come up here to get drunk? I, I just like the energy here. It's, it's a fun just, town. I just love the energy here. It is um, a fun town. It is very fun, very fun. And so for me, but I'm always, I'm always like when I'm drinking like that, especially during the day, mm -hmm. you'll notice. Um, and some of my friends get annoyed with me because they're like shots. I'm like no, really? Because I'll shut it down because I know when I hit my point. Right. So and then at that point, they'll give me a shot and I'm drinking water. Well, you're a good person to talk about gun control with then, because you're like a controlled guy. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like that's control, yeah. like yeah. that kind of control and awareness of yeah. like limitations and being smart about things and seeing yeah. where things go bad. I think also too, there's a component where I mean, like I know there are a lot of eyes on me as well too. Not that mm. I honestly, but that's not even. You talk to my friends who knew me before I kind of developed this platform. I was always kind of that way too. Mm. And so, but I'm very cognizant and aware that. Like, I can be out and people know me and I don't realize that they know me. There's a limited amount of people in that space, in the gun control space, that have uh, not, not just a voice but also an intelligent perspective and can have these really reasonable, even-keeled debates and discussions of things. Or maybe I'm an idiot because I know I got, I got a lot of friends who are in the gun space who are like, man, I can't do what you do because I don't want to deal with it. Well, I don't think you're an idiot. I think you just are better at handling that kind of shit than a lot of people are. Yeah, maybe but to my you, detriment. <laughs> do you have conversations with people? Do you ever have debates with people that are like that think that we should take away all the AR-15s and think that we? It's funny you bring that up. Um, so I, before I came here, um, the hotel I went to the hotel restaurant that I was staying at, and there was a, um, a bartender. She, she was there who was taking my order, and so she was looking at my shirt, and she's like, "If you know, you know." Because that's what the I, the K, the Y, and all that stuff stands what for. What does like, it say? If you if know, you, if you know, you know. That's what the acronym I, I K Y K stands for. What does it say? On the inside, it's the actual verbiage of the Second Amendment. Oh, yeah. And the, so the, the whole basis of the shirt is A well regulated militia being necessary to security of a free state. Right, the people to keep and bear arms shall not be in front. Is this your T-shirt? Yeah, it's my T-shirt. Oh, from your company. Yeah, okay. and so that's the point. So all of my designs, all of my my T-shirts and is merch that a Glock hat? Uh, no, this is, my this is my this my logo. Oh, CN. It looks like Colonel Noir. 
Yeah. It looks similar to the Glock logo. No, nah, they stole it from me. Did they? No. <laughs> How dare you? you got me for that. <laughs> no. Um, but my designs are designed to kind of evoke curiosity, mm-hmm. for to have the conversation. And so literally, I'm sitting at the bar, um, and she's like, if you know, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised you picked up on that. And then she was like, well, what does it say on the inside? And so she reads it, and she's like, oh, the Second Amendment. And so I was like, yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, I'm in Austin. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> This can go fuck yeah, she can give you knuckles, or she can call you a piece of shit. Yeah, so it actually fell in the middle. Really? Yeah, so we actually, we, we conversed for about 30, 40 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, I sat there stuffing my face while uh, we sat and we talked, because they, they just opened, so it was pretty slow. And um, she was like, you know, I just think there needs to be some, some laws. And I'm like, you know, well, there are laws. It's not like we're starting from zero. You know, we right. have like 300 federal gun laws and then close to 20,000 on the state and local level. And so she's like, yeah, but what about background checks? We need background checks. I'm like, mm. we have background checks. Um, and oddly enough, like in that moment when she said background checks, I knew she didn't know that we, that we already have them. But I didn't want this to turn into an argument. I wanted it to be a conversation. So I was like, how do I retort that without making it seem like I'm being combative? And so I'm like, well, so I, I softly, I'm like, you know, well, we do actually do have, we do have background checks. You know, anytime you buy a gun you, from a dealer, you have to get a background check. She's like, but do you really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so the conversation went from there. Um, we didn't fix the world's problems in that conversation, but we had an open enough conversation where I could tell she was more open-minded about certain aspects of stuff and realized some of the things she didn't know, um, while at the same time I let her speak to me in a way where I got a better understanding of where someone like her is coming from on the issue mm. so that we can have that conversation in a productive manner. It wasn't from the position of, you want to ban guns? I don't want you to take mine. just my right. And it wasn't that. It was, okay, but here's the reality. Here are the facts. And then this is where your stance on it is. And that's my ultimate goal for what I do, especially with my videos. Like a lot of people – uh, not a lot of people, but I've seen a comment sometimes. People was like, well, stop, you know, stop making these videos. Not stop making the videos, but there's like, this is pointless, calling on because they're never going to change their mind. And I'm like, this video isn't for the, for the extreme. It's not even, it's not in a lot of times for the people who are extremely in agreement with me. It's for the people in the middle. There's are, a lot of people in the in middle. A, like a ton. And they're really honestly just looking for adequate information to make the decision on. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. And that's what I'm trying to give them when I put my videos out. So that's who I'm speaking to. Now. Sometimes I get a little fruitful. Fruitful? Fruitful. fruitful. When it comes to like some, like, not zesty fruitful, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> zesty. I like how you use it. It is Pride Month. Zesty is a good one. Uh, zesty is positive. It's a positive uh, expression. I think it's an awesome term. It's a great it's, term. It's, yeah. it's a great term. Um, but, you know, it's for me, you know, like sometimes with certain celebrities, um, I'll get a, you know, a little fruitful in the way I kind of handle the video. But for the most part, I'm trying to educate the masses of people in the middle who are looking to get information because a lot of them either get straight up lies that is being pushed by the anti-gun lobby or they just are just ignorant on the on all the laws, the gun conversation altogether, because this has been this has been the biggest conversation that this is as big as the conversation has ever gotten with respect to the gun conversation in America. Mm. And a lot of it has to do with social media. Social media did not exist to the degree that it does right now. I, the state of gun rights in this country would be nil. 
You think so? I absolutely agree. So you think that social media has actually accentuated gun rights? Absolutely. Until they realized how powerful it was, and then we started getting shadow banned. <laughs> mm. um, because what happens is, because before most of the information was coming from the mainstream media. That's where all the conversations were being had. CNN isn't running to get Coley on the water to come onto their, pro, onto their platform. Now, in all fairness, I will say this. Recently, I think CNN did a, uh, did a piece on AR-15s. And somebody, somebody from CNN reached out to me and wanted me to be a part of it. I was traveling. I couldn't do it. Um, but even then, I was a little kind of hesitant. I think that subject is too multifaceted and complex to be handled in a five-minute segment. I agree. Especially there would be you and then there'd be someone on the other yeah. side that is the well, anti-gun Funny person. thing, it, was, it wasn't even like a conversation type piece. It was one of those kind of like investigative oh, kind so of Oh, so they wanted deals. to interview you and then and, edit you and out edit of context exactly. and take the worst shit that you say. Exactly. And that's why typically I only like to do things live. If yeah. I'm going to do anything in from a opposition standpoint, and I don't mean I'm calling people who disagree with me the ops, but... I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I like to do it live. Mm -hmm. So that there is no there's no misconstruing of what I'm saying or what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah, um, I'm not too prone to doing pre-recorded with them because I know how things can be taken out of context. They did. They've done it to me for years without me even being part of their program. They've taken what I've said and then just kind of completely taken out of context purposely. And so I'm a little hesitant to do um, pre-recorded stuff, even though sometimes my arrogance will want to. Because mm. I've, I've been doing this for so long. I think, oh, no, I can I can navigate all the right. tricks and stuff. And I, I had to pull myself back because I'm like, there are people who are way more experienced at this, and they still get caught up in that. So I'm not going to be so arrogant as to assume I can navigate the pitfalls that come with doing something pre-recorded with people who are legitimately trying to trip you up. I've seen people take answers to a different question and apply them to a question that makes that answer yep. look horrible. Mm -hmm. I've seen people do that. I've seen that on television, on regular television, where I know, that, no, in, in fact, I've seen the original video. Yeah, it's horrible. And there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing you can do nothing. about it. And that those kind of deceptive practices have always been a part of, of, of the, the media. Yeah, yeah. I have an opinion that I've been developing more and more lately that I feel like almost like news should be nonprofit. I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but I feel like there should be a rigorous examination of the ob objective facts, what we absolutely understand, almost by like a third party yeah. that's completely unbiased and that's regulated. And then and you and shouldn't the, do that either because like then you have right-wing politics versus left-wing politics. They've done involved. it to me. Right. I, lit I remember when we, um, remember the Cal Rittenhouse. Yes. Right? Cal Rittenhouse, I remember when I did the Cal Rittenhouse, actually, that's a different situation. That was Facebook banning me for just doing a legal breakdown of the actual they situation. They banned you? Yes. Facebook banned they, you for doing temporarily, a Temporarily, yes. What they, did they They say? banned the video and then they said, because remember that's when Zuckerberg got up in there and was basically like, we're treating him like a mass shooter. Oh my God. Yeah. So they, they immediately banned the video and then they were like, yeah, we're banning your account temporarily because you posted a video about Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, I also did another video where I said, um, I think it was about background checks, right? And I said 90% of people, 90% of Americans do not agree with universal background checks because most people don't understand the distinction. What does that mean? So universal background checks. So there's background checks, and then they've coined this term universal background checks or 
um, what, was, what, was it, what else do they call it? Um, extended background checks, right? So when they talk background checks, they're talking about universal or extended background checks, which is they want to require background checks for private transfers. So, for instance, like if I came here now and wanted to give you a gun here in Texas, they want it to be federally required that you and I would have to go to a gun store, you get a background check before I can give you the gun. You still, we have background checks, like if you were to go to a gun store and buy a gun, yeah, you have to get a background check. You right. go to a gun show, get a gun, you got to get a background check. It, but what is this, the, the loophole for gun shows that people always talk it's about? It's not a loophole. It's what we're talking about right now. It's, oh. it's private. So if you and I said, hey, I was like, hey, um, I have this gun. You want to buy it? And you're like, yeah. All right, where do you want to meet? All right, meet me at this gun show. And then we exchange oh, it there. But if a now, person sells sell a gun it, at a gun show, show at a stand. At a stand, yes. They are a dealer. Therefore, they need to have a – you need to run a background check on everybody uh, who buys the gun there. But if someone bought a gun legally at a stand mm-hmm. and then brought it to you and said, you want to buy it? They yes. could just sell it to you. They could technically sell it Because they're an individual. However, they would run into the straw purchase aspect of the law because then what that does is that gives you constructive intent – to say, hey, look, this person bought this gun to sell it to somebody else. That is a straw purchase. Now, is that universal in terms of all 50 states? No. So some states, you can't have private transactions. Oh, uh, what states are right? those? I don't know all of them. <laughs> but they're like, first, California, New York, Connecticut. Uh, what else? What else? Who else? I can't remember all the ones. New York um, makes it very difficult to get a handgun. Is that correct? Yes. Like California, I can't you can get go a handgun to... pretty easy. You just can't carry. You can't carry. I mean, they're loosening up. Some of the restrictions as far as carries, like you talked about, like handing out permits in yeah. some places. L.A. County is a different story. Um, but I think some people are. I think they were even loosening up. They're the loosening up in L.A. Travel. County. That they have no the, choice, though, because sheriff. L.A. LA's turning into the fucking perch. Yeah. But um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are some states where you're allowed to have private transactions without requiring a background check. And then there are some states where you can't do that. That's universal background check. Yeah. That are extended background checks. That's what we're talking about. The funny thing about it is most of these mass shooters are not getting their guns through private transactions. They're getting background checks and then acquiring the firearms. That's the, that's, the, that's the weird thing about it. But a lot of people think that we just don't have background checks at all. Or they're getting them from somebody else who got them from illegal means. Exactly. Right? Like one of the guys um, got it from his parents, right? Yes, exactly. He stole it. Like the Adam Lant. I don't want to say yeah. I make a point not to say their names. Um, but, yes, they got, he stole it from his mother. Right. Right. Um, and so for a lot of people, they see that and they go, well, like, yeah, we need background. So, well, we have them. And then on, when we talk about private transactions, I have a problem with requiring background checks on private transfers because I know what it takes for them to be effective. You cannot enforce a universal background check basically requiring you and I have to go and get a background check before I can give you a gun. You can't enforce that unless there is a national gun registration. There has to be a registry with all of the guns in place that the government has with all the information, location, and everything in order for them to effectively enforce that. Because mm. if I give you, if I, pull out my, if I pull a gun out of my bag right now and hand you a gun, right, and I say, this is yours, you can keep it, it's a gift from me to you, and then you go about your life and the cops pulls you over and says, hey, did you get a background check for that gun? Yeah, I did. How would they know you're lying? Unless they have a database of every transaction that took place with every firearm that they can go and say, well, this particular gun is belongs to Colin Noir. But is it unreasonable to have that? What do you mean? Yes. It is unreasonable. I do absolutely believe it's why, unreasonable. Why do you think it's unreasonable because to have Because every 
Every registration that we've that this country, this world has ever had has resulted in the confiscation. Australia, they had a registration. Then they subsequently used that registration to confiscate firearms. And they don't even have to go door to door to do it. That's what people don't realize. All they have to say is, you don't turn the gun in, you're, we're going to come arrest you. They would have to literally arrest almost everybody. Unless well, everybody complied. Exactly. But see, here's the thing, though. Do you want to be the person they make an example out of? So think about right. it. All they would have to do is this. Make an example out of a few yeah, people, high-profile people. They'll come to my black ass at the heart, in a heartbeat. Colin Noir, you didn't turn your guns in. Yes, uh, yes, I did. No, we have the registration. We have all your guns right here. Mm. None of these guns were turned in. We're taking you in. You're, now you're in, I'm, in the, I'm in fucking prison because I didn't turn in my firearms. Now everybody else who's not me is looking at like, damn. It's kind of like, remember Napster? When they yeah. were like charging certain people with stealing music. Oh, I do remember yeah. they did that. That's it's, right. It's the same concept. Some people went to jail for that. Exactly, right? and it scared it scared me. I stopped I stopped downloading on that. I'm like, I don't want y'all coming over here in my in my college dorm room arresting me because I'm fucking downloading. Well, I stopped downloading because I'm a good person. Shut up, Joe. I didn't stop downloading. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a point of uh, buying mm -hmm. CDs if I liked the music that I downloaded for free. But it's Fair like, enough. But Fair that's kind of rude. It's kind of it, rude. You're just kind of making yourself feel yeah, better. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> that was a piece of shit move. But that was one of those things where no one, no one knew was this is this stealing? Is it not stealing? Yeah, it's weird. You know? It's kind of like I mean, I really, honestly, I love music so much that I didn't even want to let my brain go there because I know that right. I probably wouldn't be able to justify it. What they have um, done is pretty fascinating, though. Like with subscription services like Spotify and I Apple love Music. It. And, I love it. I like it's. Love it. I love that I can like you can tell me about a song mm -hmm. and I could just, just go oh. Okay, Boom. bam, and yep. then I get it, and it's on my phone, yep. like instant. I'll it's, pay a little money for that. I I, oh, I have, yeah. I have Spotify, I have Apple, I have other streamings like, uh, like uh, Jay Z's. Uh, I had Title for a while. Um, Is I, that good? Yeah, I didn't like the interface that much. What's and, the and best one? I I'm still a Spotify user, largely, and I think it's largely. You don't have to say that because you're here, huh? You don't have to say that because you're here. No, I'm being dead serious. I even okay. forgot you were. I forgot you were on Spotify. Me too. True, true be told. <laughs> But I, I I started using them initially, right? Right, and I love the interface, um, and so I just got entrenched in. It. It's like me and Apple, like my whole ecosystem is Apple now. Right. So um, I don't have a desire to go anywhere else, and everything else works just fine for me. Um, I wish Apple came up with a keyboard that's worth a fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, we talked about that. Oh. You like the long throw? Well, I'm I don't a writer. Like, I write. I like I like the short though. I can go faster. No. You say, yeah, I remember you telling me. No, like, you don't go faster. I, you don't. You never used a ThinkPad. No, no, no. Granted, I do most of them. They're the best. ThinkPads have a curved keyboard. Mm -hmm. Like, are you talking I'll about tell the, you what, even the, a, the, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the the actual keys have a curve to them where your finger sits in it, mm. and it recognizes exactly where you're at. It's genius. I've never used Lenovo it. Lenovo so ThinkPads are the shit. They the okay. writing experience uh -huh. when you're writing is so much smoother. Really? And yes, you, it's like statistically proven to have less errors. They've taken people that type, you know, X amount of words per minute, and they can improve the number of words per minute that they just, write just using a uh, a Lenovo, just using those long throw key keys. Let's see, but that's only PC. Yeah. 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 But you can get a. a a, a keyboard like a Bluetooth keyboard that will um, mimic that. that. Uh, I mean, they have okay. like some hardcore ones like mechanical keys, which are incredible because they have like a clickety clack to yeah. them, and you and know exactly whether or not you pressed a T or an R, and it's mm. like, and when you do it like that, man, it's like your errors. It's like for me, when I write, 
65 percent of the time i'm stoned yeah and so I'm, I'm, I when i write i'm drinking <laughs> i don't need to think yeah. on where the keys are i just want to think about the ideas yeah and and that allows yeah. me yeah. to, to just... my fingers flow over those keys gotcha. in, a, in a natural way i can write you know, as a matter of fact one of my apple laptops is a 2015 laptop that i had refurbished because the keys were the better keys. they had more throw to them back then and everybody's going with sleek Everybody wants good looking I and like sleek. sleek. I know yeah. you're an yeah. aesthetics guy. Yeah, yeah. You like, like like when I see like your fucking your pocket dump. You got everything <laughs> lined up. It's all pretty and like you like the way shit looks. I do. I, do. I, I guess I kind of do too. But I mean, I'm I'm more like obviously look at this garbage all over this fucking table. I'm nah, a function. No, you're, you're more of an aesthetic guy than you act to like the letter. In on. which way? I mean, just kind of. I mean, there's a certain aesthetic to this place. It doesn't necessarily have to be like ultra modern, clean minimalism. Chaotic. It, but it's it's, it's chaos. organized chaos. I guess there's, yeah. there's some organization yeah. to it. Yeah. Yours is like yours, yours is like rustic chaos. <laughs> yeah, there's a little rustic <laughs> yeah. to that. Yeah, there's a little of that. But I I also like function. Yeah. And for me with writing, like I need a keyboard that that functions. I was actually talking to my friend Lex. I was over at his house the other mm -hmm. day, and he has one of those keys that are keyboards that are separated and then concave. Oh, that that missile drives me crazy. Like the thought of that. I don't oh, know why. You it don't is. have to move your hands. It's just everything's like. And I go, how is that? I go, I used to have one of those. So I haven't used one of those in a long time. He goes, oh, they ruin you for other keyboards. Well, I think the reason why I don't like that is because I'm constantly going back and forth to my mouth because when I'm writing, mm -hmm. um, I'm researching at the same time. So I'm like writing, go here, go here, click. You know what I mean? So right. I, I don't necessarily need to have a static position on the keyboard because I'm constantly moving my hands anyway. I see what you're saying. Um, I just like it to be the, the thing I think about the least. One of the things I really love about um, both, I have a Samsung phone too and I can do it on that as well, mm -hmm. is that I can talk into my notes and um, I can, you know, like I can, like if I'm out and okay. I have an idea, uh -huh. I just like a lot of, uh, like all this, a lot of this shit, these are, these are ideas that I have for material. Uh, a lot of that shit, I just talk into my phone, phone. and it, it types it out. Like, so, and it's amazing how I haven't good it really works. used, because usually what I'll do is, like, I have the same setup, except I'll have my reminders, and then I'll have, like, different lists, and then I'll, I'll just go type it. So, like, if, if I'm works working with, yeah. like, here we go, Colion Noir. Bam. So it's actually pretty, yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah. And it's reading that you saying it's actually pretty accurate. Oh, wow, that's accurate. nutty. Yeah. So I, I, I clicked on the keyboard before it uh, uh -huh. it said accurate, but it heard you say that. Like, say something right now. Wow, I think it's pretty nutty that you're able to accurately dictate exactly what I'm saying. Okay, that's creepy. That's amazing, <laughs> right? It's in real time. Come on, that's amazing. Is that, and that's notepad? That's notes. That's notes on Apple. That's just not a new application. See, see I've not, been using Evernote for everything. I haven't Evernotes really used is the, great. I haven't used the dictation on Evernote yet. Evernote is great, but okay. the thing is that this is native to ah, Apple. Gotcha, gotcha. But Samsung has Samsung Notes, mm -hmm. so you could do it on the that. And Google has the same kind of thing. Okay. But the voice recognition software is fantastic now. It's really good. Okay. Like, see, I, I, I just left it in the dust because before it just be too nerve. Like it just wouldn't write what I told it to write. Th and just then, some of that. Like, I sent a text out to a friend of mine today, and it fucked it up, and I didn't realize it until after you, I sent it. Do you it. send, like, voice text? Sometimes, yeah. I hate people that do that. Ah! No, 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 no. Not always... a voicemail text, like uh, voice message. Yeah, voice message where it's not writing it out. It's no, just, it's, it's a, like, a, like a, an audio yes. that you have to listen to. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah, you those do that? are annoying. Those are annoying. Okay. No, I don't yeah. do that. No. Yeah. I notice people from California do it the most. Really? Yes. You got to become friends with Alex Jones. That's how he communicates with me, because they all disappear. Um, but no, it you can talk into it. Like I can mm. send you a text message. Like, mm. like instead of saying, "Hey, 
go around to the right-hand corner of the building, and there's a red door. Knock on that. We'll let you in. I can just say it. Gotcha. And go around to the corner of the building. The there's a red door. I'll let you in. Gotcha. Bam. Press send. And so I don't have to fuck with the thumb thing. I'm dumb. You're right, because I, I do it in my... um. In my Apple CarPlay. Oh, yeah, I do and, that. Yeah, 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 I do that all the yeah. time. Like when I'm driving, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll say, you know, text Jamie. Yeah. yeah, and, and it'll do yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, so now that I think about it, yeah, I just never did it outside of driving. It's so good. It's so accurate. Yeah, it's incredible to, how accurate it out. is. But for me, it's like uh, ideas. Like if I have an idea for a, a joke, mm -hmm. like those ideas are so fleeting. And sometimes, like, I'll convince <sighs> myself that I'm going to run. Jim, who, uh, um, excuse me, who was it? Uh, Mitch Hedberg had a bit about uh, how he kept a notepad by the bed mm -hmm. and you know so if he had an idea in the middle of the night he would wake up uh, or if I'm lazy I'd, I'd, I'd convince myself it wasn't funny <laughs> but it's like I have a, in my shower I have a, I have one of those like notepad things in the shower that are like waterproof and it has uh, a pencil I got it on Amazon and so literally because I get a lot of my ideas are like topics to talk about in the shower really uh huh and so I'll be in the shower doo -doo -doo -doo, and I'm like Oh, yeah. I'll pull it out, write it on the little pad, and then you can just rip it off like a post-it. Mm. Rip it off and then take it and do what you need to do. I get a lot of my ideas in the sauna. Okay. And uh, I'll just I, – I can't have my phone in the sauna. It'll shut off. Yeah, because it gets hot. It gets yeah, too hot. But the, the AirPods, this is – I put this up on Instagram the other day, but if you're a person that gets in the sauna, get yourself some AirPod 1s, the first-generation AirPods. Don't get AirPods 2, don't get 3, and I don't have, get the Pros. I have the Beats uh, – those are good too, but I they're they're those. good in terms of sound, mm -hmm. but in terms of uh, the ability to withstand sauna. Oh, okay. It's just okay. the heat of the sauna. sauna yeah. The problem is it cooks the microphone. Gotcha. It either cooks the microphone or it the sweat, sweat kills the microphone. Because like I'll try answering the phone like where the fuck are you <laughs> calling me from? Like no, no one can understand me at all. So I have like a pair of AirPods that I have killed that just died recently, but I I cooked those motherfuckers. <laughs> Four or five days a week for like the past two or three years, and they just, just just died. Okay. One of them, the left one, because uh -huh. the left I sit with the my left side near the heater, heater. <laughs> and it just tapped out the other day. Just like, yeah, I was telling like I was telling you, I just started doing the sauna thing. I haven't really. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It, I, it threw me for a loop the first couple times. I was like, I'm like, Oof. you got to come in with me, buddy. Come in with me. We got one right here. It sounds a little zesty, Joe. I get, that's not what I mean. I didn't mean zesty. <laughs> We're gonna be clothed. No, I, I and I have I have noticed. I, I did notice an up like an improvement in my sleeping. Oh yeah, from, from it's an improvement the way your muscles feel. Yeah. You feel like looser, more you relaxed, really stress yeah. relief. And if you do that and the ice bath back to back, the Russians know what the fuck they're doing. No ice baths for me. Ah, you say that. You say that. I can barely watch people do them, much yeah. less me do it. Really? Yeah, dude. I'm like, it just, uh, it's not that, I don't do code very well. Once you do it a couple of times, you get used to it. The first time I did it, mm -hmm. there's a video of the first time I ever did it. I fucking panicked. I was out of there in like a minute and 30 seconds. I was like, fuck this. Yeah, me and Cole don't you know, mesh very well. And then the second time I did it, I did it for like four and a half minutes. And then the third time I did it, I did it for 20. Because I just wanted to convince myself. Gotcha. Damn, 20 minutes in ice. Yes. Jesus well, that's not good. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Don't listen to me. That's what I tell people. Don't listen to me. Don't now, listen to my advice. I will say, being out, like, I remember I, was, uh, I did the shooting course, um, 
and it was like shooting at extended ranges. So we're shooting out to like six, seven hundred, eight hundred yards, and laying, and it was just white, just all snow, and, mm. and that was just amazing. Mm. That I love. But then again, I'm like decked out in these super. Yeah, that's different. Tucked out, like I'm, you're feeling cold, yeah. but it's but like it's, like, it's like, not real. Yeah, it's like no, the the cold plunge is an existential threat to your existence. You get in there and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Your body just wants to get out of there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's but it's so good for your body. It's so good for your muscles and for your joints and and it's not uh, cost prohibitive. All you need is ice cubes in a bathtub. Oh. I mean, just get a couple of bags of ice from mm-hmm. the grocery store, or the just... gas station, and throw them in a bathtub. How often? Fill it up with cold water. How often do I do it? Yeah. Almost every day. Really? Yeah. Oh, crap. Almost every day. Damn. Yeah. The only time I don't do it is right after I lift, because apparently it has some sort of an effect on hypertrophy, mm-hmm. like which limits your muscles' ability to grow. Because the part of the the inflammation is actually good. The blood circulation, your, your body breaks down, you get that pump, yeah. you, it breaks down the tissue, the and, and it swells up and inflames, and it's your body saying, okay, we got to heal, this guy's trying to get swole, <laughs> you know, and then you Lift, want... Lifting is annoying to me. Why is it annoying? It's like, not no, I love it. I do it at least three or four times a week, but it's the, especially when you're lifting for hypertrophy, it's... The set rep, all that stuff, it just, it's gotten to, and you know what I think it is? I follow too many, too many fitness, like, pages, mm-hmm. and so there's just so much different information being thrown at you from different perspectives. Right. So I, I, I got the point, I was like, no, I'm doing three sets of 10, call and get it out of here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing this game anymore. Three sets um, of 10 still works. Yeah. The thing that works more than anything is consistency. Yeah. Be intelligent about your lifting. Don't hurt yourself. And consistency. Yeah. That's that's the key. And that's pretty much what yeah. I'm trying to err on, um, because it's. I mean, there were times. Where, I mean, another thing too is I'm trying to I'm trying to maximize time, so I try mm-hmm. to make my workouts as intense and as short as possible. So I'm like, let me get in, get out. I'm kind of doing this full body stuff. I'm trying to figure out how my body likes that. Um, when you say but, full body stuff, like what are you doing? So what I'll do is I'll do lower body and then and then everything else the next day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do that, have a rest day or two in, be- in between, and then that's what I'll do. Yeah. And so that, and then, but my lower body is consistent of like right now, I'm um, doing plyo and um, a lot of knees over toe stuff kind of combined. Yeah. And so that's what I do for my lower body. That sounds like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing a lot of that too, and a okay. lot of sled work. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Man, too. that knee over toes yeah. guy, he's changed my knees. Yeah, mine. Like, <laughs> my knees are so much stronger like they feel more stable yep. like everything about it I noticed a big difference because like I started noticing it when I was shooting them. like I had this thing in my videos when I'm doing gun reviews I like to just run for no reason but as I got older um, I just started I was like why am I moving so just stiff like I'm just like nothing feels tight right it just feels kind of sloppy right um, and then I started doing that and now I've kind of gotten the youth back in my legs where mm-hmm. now it's like I can take off at a moment's notice. But like I was telling you also, since I've been doing kind of like this plyo stuff, the plyometrics that I've been doing, I think my body's shocked. So now I'm dealing with some uh, Achilles tendinitis in my Achilles. You need a cold plunge. You know what? It's funny. I think you actually might be right. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. Come on, man. Let me film it. Dude. <laughs> Let's do it right I'm, after I'm here. Not, not right after here, but I might let you in the okay, future. I let's might let do you it. film it in the future. Okay, next time you come yeah. to town, let's we'll we'll make a day yes. out of it. We'll work out and then we'll get in the sauna and do the cold punch and make start a video. It. I should start an OnlyFans. Oh boy. And that'd be the first video. I think if you the- start an OnlyFans, automatically you're gonna get zesty. <laughs> 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 If people are going to sign up for it, they're going to want a little zest. 
What, yeah, what percentage of OnlyFans is like gay guys? I have no idea. Because I would feel like that's like so available for free. I don't think like, it's the same. Show you I, I don't know why I think it's the same. I doubt, doubt nah, it's the same. It's not the same because nah. girls will like hold back. Yeah. You know, well, like for a girl to show you like her pussy is like a lot of it's, work. I would imagine. Is it? <laughs> I would imagine. I mean, with some girls. I mean, there I mean, are a lot of girls on OnlyFans that are doing just that. Right. But like, how many guys, like if you're a girl, if you're mm-hmm. a hot girl or if you're a hot guy, how many guys will show you a picture of their dick? A lot. I won't. You won't. Well, you're smart. You're also public. <laughs> yeah. But if you're like a regular dude trying to get laid and a girl says, show me your dick. And you're like, all right. So, okay. Maybe I'll lie. And... <laughs> <laughs> Right, because well, Woody, if you I had, had a girlfriend back in like, I think it was like once I st- like right before I started college, or like right like my freshman year in college, she she would like send me a picture of it, and I was like, what? And she was like, like especially when we were like weren't together, she Sounds just like wanted a good to. Girl. Just, I mean, I guess I mean. Sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, last very Sometimes. Long. Well, I had to I had to get away from that mm-hmm. one. I got a little real toxic. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds like very male. <laughs> Show me your dick. I mean, that it was sounds, very, that yeah. was very, no, I, yeah. we'll talk. Aggressive. And, and I was like, okay. And this would happen, like, not on a regular basis, but a regular enough where I'm like, started feeling normal. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to stop doing this. Cause, so there may or may not be pictures of my dick floating around on the internet. Somewhere. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, listen, it's, there's some people don't like it, but some people like it, right? Like, I think it's weird. It's weird. Like weird. some girls will tell you, like, why do guys send dick pics? And then other girls will be like, send me a send dick, dick pic, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. Now you will you you're not getting one out of me. Good. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like the the variation of human beings in terms of like what they like and what they don't like is so it's extreme. So all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. So all over the place. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's even just among my friends, like the stuff that, like the type of girls we're into, mm-hmm. so forth. Oh and so on. yeah, it's all over the place. Oh yeah, I have yeah. friends that just like to be in danger. <laughs> <laughs> they like they don't they're not happy unless they're doing something that could ruin their entire life. If See, someone yeah. just decided to, and I'm like I'm the yeah. complete opposite. Me I'm fucking like, too. No danger, full discretion. Yeah. I don't want to be out there. Like I'm like no. Thank God, yeah. dick pics weren't a thing when I was fifteen. <laughs> I just think about like think about like when you first started getting laid when you're like sixteen. Mm. Like what? Imagine if there was dick pics, bro. Like I said, that there may be or may not be some floating around. That there. So well, if there, if the thing is with deep fakes, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's like true. it deep fakes. There's like every beautiful woman that has ever been in a movie or a television show. Could easily be in a porn yeah. just through a deep fake yeah. now. I remember like wild. when the, I remember at the genesis of that where it's mm-hmm. like so and so famous actress in porn scene, and you're like, wait, what? Not me, right. but you get sucked <laughs> in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, imagine when they get to the point where they can create robots, like when they can create a sex robot. I mean, they're pretty damn close. They're pretty damn close. Pretty damn close. But if they did decide to come up with a sex robot that looked exactly yeah, like Jamie, this would be an interesting and place then to live. Jamie has to watch videos <laughs> of all these dudes. Just plowing his fields. Now there is something to be said. Hey, there's, there's something to be. Hey, easy. <laughs> I wonder if there's something to be said about them, kind of, you know, reaching that level of technology and 
trans a lot of guys transcending from my from OnlyFans over to those things. Oh, it's gonna happen. You know, where uh, that's gonna happen for sure. But then it's gonna be like, you, how many robots can you afford? That You're is gonna true. have a house filled yeah. with fuck robots. I mean, they'll become vacuums at that. Yeah. Point. I mean, there was one story about a guy. He had like. I think, what was it, a story? I, I think it was something I saw on Instagram where a guy was talking about, like, he went to a guy's house because he was doing, like, some cable work or something, and he walks in and he's like, all these sex dolls. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a slight smell of fish. What the fuck is that smell? It, Just rotten jizz everywhere. <laughs> I think there's, <laughs> there's going to come a time where um, it, it might... It might actually never even get to that because virtual reality might get to a point where they have, you know, they have these um, haptic feedback suits yeah. like you were talking about mm -hmm. with the, the guns yeah. getting zapped. But I, I think they're going to get to a neural interface where they're going to be able to recreate the sensations. Like if they can, re if they can figure so, out. Talking like, about pacifying a society. <laughs> right? Well, that's the Matrix. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the what's crazy about the Matrix is when the movie first came out, which is like, when was it? Was it, it was in the 90s, correct? 99. So when the movie first came out, we're like, we were fascinated by it, like, whoa, cool. But it was pure science fiction. Yeah. Not even mm -hmm. close, right? Like Now, <laughs> you watch the, Ma the Matrix 1 now, you're like, how far off are we? Not that far. Within our lifetime, I expect there to be a dilemma. Where people do not want to go outside, they only want to lock into a thing and I experience like, a, a I fake like life. I like the real. Yeah, for I now. I like the real. No, I mean, I, like that's just how I'm built. Right, but I, do you think I, that, like, I mean, I also like talking to people on the phone, mm, right? I, I don't. I don't want to have to go somewhere to talk to someone. Like, I like, if I have a friend who lives in California, I like to be able to call him up. Hey, what's going on? So, so I'm weird. So, when it comes to my friends, I'll throw on AirPods, talk to them on the phone all day long, right? When it comes to comes to women i prefer to be in person interesting yeah I, why I, is that i don't know I've, I've yet to really truly understand it but if i'm going to engage with a woman i'd rather prefer it to be in person face to face well that makes sense because mm -hmm. there's no misconstruing what you're yeah. saying like text is the weirdest because I, I, you could text someone something and they don't know if you're joking or, yeah and and tr i don't really care too much for like excessive texting back and forth hmm. um Largely because I'm just one, I'm just so busy, so it's hard for me to stay in the moment of the conversation. And then what'll happen too sometimes is if, and, and this is just general purpose, not even just women, um, but I will forget to go back and respond. Because if you send me something that requires an extensive explanation, I don't want to just give you a half ass answer right then and oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll wait, and then sometimes I'll just forget to go right. back. Um, yeah, dude, I... I have to change my phone number. I have so <laughs> many texts that I can't respond to. Like, I'm gonna check my phone right now. I'll tell you how many texts that I have. Oh. What does it say here? I have 96 texts. Look at that. Not bullshitting. 96. What do you got? 430. Jesus. 433. Is it? Well, you're just delinquent. <laughs> Look at the emails. How's that insane? <laughs> oh my God. How do How do you have so many people texting you, dude? You you have no idea who's texted <laughs> I, you. I, I don't. I don't. You just give that up to random people. No, homeless folks. And funny thing is, so what happened is this started off. This was supposed to be the business phone. Oh, and so this is one my personal. So what deals. happened is I didn't realize I don't remember this number. So when people would ask me who I would normally give the business phone to, I would just err on the side of my default. Would just go, uh, okay, here, take this number. That's funny. Yeah. So now they're they're basically contaminated. So it's just. I have a general rule that when I remember my phone number, that's when I change it. Okay. Because I Since never know my it. number. Like, I've gone places, they go, what's your phone number? I'm like, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. I can remember my wife's number. I can remember my daughter's numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember a couple of my friends' numbers, and that's it. The only numbers I know is my mom and my aunt. Memorized. That's the only number. I, I used to be a wizard with phone numbers. Yeah. Well, because we had to be. Yes, man. I was so good at it. Yeah. I could remember like booking agents and mm-hmm. comedy clubs and friends. And I, I remember my fucking number from high school, <laughs> you know, but when my my home number. But now, now, now it's like, yeah, I have. There's it's it's, it's a rap. I can't remember it. But isn't all. it just like a rec- like what you need to remember? Like you, you don't yeah. need to remember it anymore. So you just don't. Don't. Yeah. yeah, it's like Brian just. It's kind of like getting around now, like, right? Like it's nuts. Navigation. Like how yeah. I legit do not know how I was able to get around without right. navigation. I still navigate to my house in the city that I live in. Okay, that wild. <laughs> but it's also good if you're using something like Waze because yeah. it tells you if shit goes sideways. Like you get to <laughs> like I see people hitting blinkers. I'm like, yeah. oh, these people are on Waze too. They're yep. going off of these Waze weird bars. side yep. streets. Yep. I remember in New and, Jersey, and cops, and cops. Hell yeah. Oh, where the cops are. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. true, too. Yeah. yeah that, Blaze has gotten yeah. me out of situations that my radar detective wouldn't have gotten me Isn't that interesting? Police officer ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, Waze. I will fucking... not. Yeah. Anytime I'm doing, like, when I'm driving to Austin, I, yeah. have my, I have my Waze. One of my favorite things that people do is when you're driving and they flash the lights at you. Cops are ahead, bro. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, we're in this yeah. together. <laughs> we're in this together. I like that. I like that. Thanks, bro. Yeah. I love doing it to people and they give you the thumbs up, like... Yeah, we're in this together. I sometimes am a bit of a dick. So you, you don't do it? Well, no. So like sometimes when like somebody's like riding me a little too close mm. and we're both speeding and it gets slightly annoying. So then I'll just move over and slow and I know there's a cop ahead, I'll slowly back up. Oh, you bait him. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while. But generally speaking, if you're not being an ass, yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna let you know. Yeah. Like I'll tap on the brakes for you or, you know. How long do you think we are from completely automated automobile travel? I don't want it to get there. Yeah. I don't want it to get there. I'm not I, sure I, if I want it to get there either. Yeah. But, I mean, like I was just telling you, I am, like, remember last time I was on here, I was talking about how much I would never get a Tesla. And then now I'll come in today and I'm like, yeah, you know. You want to drive mine? Things. You want to drive mine for a little bit today? I, I applied, yes. Yeah, drive yeah, it around. <laughs> drive it around. You might change your mind. I do miss the sound of the engine. You mm. know, there's a, I love engines, obviously. I'm a, I'm a gearhead. I love a, mm. or I love a V8. Yeah. I love the rumble of an American muscle car. I love that sound. But goddamn, that Tesla is a preposterous it's, vehicle. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So I'm in, so right now where I am, if I get a Tesla for an Uber, I'm happy. There's really? something about them. I don't know They're why. Quiet. It's just a quiet. It's just a clean space. It's, yes. just, it's just different. Very minimalist. Yeah. I think too much so. Like uh, I've said this about the, the like I have the new one with the wacky steering wheel. Yeah. The steering wheel sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not. It's it's okay when you're driving straight uh-huh. because the the ergonomics of the Tesla are fantastic. Yeah. When you're holding on to it, so you're, you're just, your elbows are rested. It's very good. good. And you it actually makes you have two hands on the wheel more mm-hmm. often because I would drive with my one That's hand, yeah. which is not the best. Yeah. The best way is two hands like this. Now, as I've gotten older, I've noticed my hands starting to slide more to the side. Yeah. I always wondered, like, when, like, like my uncles I'd see driving and stuff. They, ten, they and kind of two, <laughs> Coleon, ten and two, Coleon. Ten and two. So yeah. I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more responsible as I age. Yeah. Um, even though I'm still 12 in my mind. But it's not good for turning, like mm-hmm. when you have to turn in parking spots and uh, stuff. Because you kind of like, have to find the wheel. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like the paddle sometimes. When we're like, do you prefer the paddles um, on mounted to the steering column or you want them st- like where they're static 
or do you want to mount it to the steering wheel so that when they turn, they turn? I've had cars that have paddles. I have never used the paddles. Really? I keep it in automatic. Yeah, let me tell you, there are some cars you really want to use the paddles. You say that, but I like shifting. I like a clutch. Well, oh, I'm talking about when you don't have a, you have a standard if transmission. If I don't have a clutch, I fucking keep that bitch in drive. I'm like, I'm not pretending. I'm, I'm, I'm a speed racer out here. So, <laughs> That's stupid that's paddle. Me. That's, that's me. nonsense. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the speed racer. Well, you have a very fast car, too. But we should talk about that. Now, here's the crazy thing about that. Okay. So the other, I want to say about a few weeks ago, my friend, because I'm, I'm starting slowly starting getting into this, like, going to track days and stuff. Ooh. A friend of mine was like, he's like, yeah, I just bought a Miata. Miatas are dope. I didn't, I, well, now I realize it. Now, but when he told me, I was like, that's zesty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's more feminine than zesty. Yeah. It's like, you, well, you know. Zest, zesty is kind of a universal kind of term. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it can go, yeah, it, go can go, it can go a lot of ways. Um, and so he's like, I'm going to bring it over. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he's like, he brings it over. It's like this convertible, zesty ass Miata. And then it's a standard. And he's like, drive it. I'm like, I don't drive your zesty ass Miata. And he's like, drive it. So I get in there, get sitting. I'm like, God, this is super zesty. <laughs> and then I start driving it. And then I'm running through the gears. I'm like, this thing is awesome. It's a go-kart. It's so fun. So this fun. so fun. There's a reason like, <laughs> why Miatas are around for as long as they have, and they've yeah. barely changed. They, I'm like, I literally started contemplating, all right, should I get a Miata? Like, I think I want to. And I want to get it in a. Standard transmission. Gordon Ryan has a Miata. Gordon Ryan is the greatest jujitsu athlete of all time. Uh-huh. He's as manly a man as is humanly possible. <laughs> and he's he's got a Miata. And he's got a standard Miata. It's like, it's a great fucking car, man. Yeah. And you, I was, I, was, I look, consider me converted because I'm telling you. You ever heard uh, of the company Flying Miatas? No. Ooh, they take a Miata and they and put they, a fucking V8 in it. But see, I don't want a powerful Miata. Really? I know. Well, no, that, no, no, that no. That sounds uh, stupid. I, I like. <laughs> now, now I'm reconsidering. <laughs> There's just because I want to be able to run it to its absolute like, right, limit, right, right, right. right. Um, and so without having to worry about you know like having too much power or you know like having to navigate the power, right. Um, I can just run it ragged and just focus on the driving experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I used to have an Acura NSX that I loved that oh, for. I wanted it, I wanted an NSX so bad. They were great and oh. it's only like 290 horsepower. Yeah. It's not not a lot of horsepower. I've only heard excellent things about them. It never I, fucked up. It's a Honda. <laughs> it's crazy because it's a, a Honda sports car. What I mean, is that? There's a Oh, that is that a flying Miata? Yeah. Watch this. That car is so fast. This is the flying I actually watch a lot of it. Look at this. Habu being a small venomous snake from Japan. Why is that appropriate? <laughs> well, because this is an MX-5 with a Chevy small block V8 in it. What? 6.3 liters of V8, 525 brake horsepower. What? It's an old recipe, but it's a very good one. In a Miata? In a Miata. Just listen to how it sounds. What's not to love? I think I might have to get one. The world's smallest, smallest muscle car. Keep that rolling, uh, Jamie. What are you doing? Let me hear some <laughs> of the music. Look at that, LS3. Woo! Okay, okay that's kind of badass, I'm not going to lie. That is pretty lit. So 53% to the front now, 47% to the rear, as opposed to 52 in the standard car, which is It's only 1% really. difference. Only 1% difference in the weight distribution. It's a proper, proper V8. But how much oh weight is that? Oh, God. 
Anyway, as far as it is, well, if it's only adding one percent in the front, it can't be much. Well, as far as distribution of weight, but it's not. Those is what's amazing is those LS engines are not heavy, man. Because I know when they did, I know when they dropped that. No, they had twice the number of cylinders on. To Willow Springs. That's kind of makes my dick hard. Look at that. <laughs> And it's kind of cool looking. I, I'm, I'm, I actually agree with you. That's a cool looking yeah. car, man. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how the uh, tires deal with the the amount of torque. Mm, it wouldn't like, matter look at though. The skinny tires, ass bitch ass tires. The tires are so cheap to get though. It really wouldn't matter. Just run through them. Right, but I'm saying in terms of like handling, oh, handling the like handling that amount of torque and power. I bet it drifts like a motherfucker. Yeah. You stomp on it. Look at that thing though. Let me hear some of this. The grizzly engine always makes its presence felt, whatever the situation. Ooh. You're also always aware that you're in a relatively short wheelbase, so slides can start and stop very quickly. But the Fox Racing suspension, a name probably more associated with motorbikes and mountain bikes, is impressive on both Ooh. road and track. That thing looks wild. You know, nothing relaxes me more than watching car review videos. I love car review Flung videos. The conversion yeah. costs I, that's, if you look in my my uh, YouTube History, feed, yeah. a lot of it is car yeah, reviews. I, I love I watching love them, man. Who's your favorite reviewer? Matt Farah. Really? Smoking Tire. That's my boy. I used to watch a lot of Matt Farah. I don't know why I stopped. There's no reason for it. Um, well, I know Matt personally. He's a friend. Uh -huh. So he, there's that, too. He has a car I really want. Which one? He has, a, um, he has an Aston Martin Vanquish that he converted to manual. Ooh. That he sent over and converted to a manual that I think is fucking, it's hot shit. You know right. what I want? They, they they just converted, there's a company, see if you could find this, a company that just took a modern, uh, you know, 2021 plus GT500, which has only been paddle shift, and they converted mm -hmm. it to manual. manual. And I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm an old school meathead, man. I like. I see. I see. I and I'm like, those muscle I like. Cars, I like. I get a lot of shit from my channel whenever I do my car reviews because you know I do car reviews from time mm -hmm. to time. So I like. I like sleek, sexy European. I do too. Yeah, that's that's. I do too. That's kind of. But I still want. I still want a Chevelle. I want a, like an old school. Yeah. Car. I have a 1970 like, like John Wick. Yeah. So yeah, there. I didn't. Oof. I'm a little torn about the one in Batman. Oh yeah. Now the opening scene was probably one of the greatest scenes ever. For the introductor for the introduction of the Batmobile, I in enjoyed movie. the new Batman movie. I, I mean, fell asleep. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Who am it's I talking too to? Long. It's too, too long. Too too long. Really? And it was too. So okay, you got to. Did you watch it at home? No, I watched the movie theater. Really? Yeah. And you fell asleep in a movie. Yeah. yeah. That's a well-armed man. So comfortable, <laughs> he falls asleep in a movie theater. Well, yeah, I'm a Christian Bale Batman kind of guy. Like, that is my, to me, when you say Batman, Bruce Wayne, it's Christian Bale. I think so, too. Yeah. I think he was the most believable in terms of, like, a bad motherfucker yeah. who was Batman. Like, yeah. he was jacked. He looked like he could yep. fuck people up. Yep. He's a big dude. And it was a lot of contrast know? between him as Bruce Wayne and right. Batman. Like, yeah, was, the voice. <laughs> the voice bothered me. I'm Batman. <laughs> It's like, man, you're going to lose your voice talking like that, and then everyone's going to know. You're going to show up at work the next yeah, day true, talking yeah, right. all fucked up. Like, hey, man, what you been up to? No. I was out partying. <laughs> partying? You don't look like, you got a black eye. What happened? Well, I mean, he owned Wayne Industry Enterprise, so I mean, he didn't really have to go into Batman work. Batman is kind of the lamest superhero ever because he's no, basically he's just a rich guy. Say shit like that, Joe. What? Who's the Batman best? Is Batman. Batman's the best. Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Which is odd because he doesn't use guns. 
And I should and I should be the re- that should be the reason why I don't like him. Yeah, he doesn't ever use a gun. No, he doesn't. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I never even thought about that until right kill, now. He doesn't kill people either. He never kills anybody, uh-huh. but doesn't he in the comic books? There's one, there's one where he does, and it's actually pretty badass. I can't remember the name of it though. Um and he I mean he has a gun. I think he's like shooting his ass at Eagle in that one too. Yeah. Well, I used to like the Punisher for that reason. Punisher, Punisher was everybody oh, up. That was Punisher was beautiful. The real Punisher was like built like Batman. Yeah. Like the real Punisher was like Batman without the suit. Yeah, jacked. which is true. Which is yeah. true. Yeah. And yeah. he had a great, you know, origin story. Just a soldier just decided yep. to fucking go on a rampage and kill all the organized criminals. Because all the other superheroes <laughs> were trying to arrest people. And he was just, <laughs> just like, fuck that. I'm fuck that. Kill yeah. everybody. Did but you my, see Top Gun? I did not. I heard it's great, though. It's phenomenal. So Batman is your favorite superhero? Yes. What about I literally, there's, there's a running joke. That I, I like in the community that people know. If you follow me close enough and long enough, you know, I call I I think I'm the black Bruce Wayne. That's the exact reaction that I want. <laughs> it's like that's that's how goofy it is. It's so dumb. that's how much I love Batman. But what about Spider Man? He's gonna he climb walls and shoot webs and shit and perform superhuman feats of athleticism and strength. Spider Man is zesty. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm okay, what about the no, Hulk? I do like the Hulk. What about the Hulk? I like the Hulk, but not, he's not my, like, I like it when he comes in, destroys shit, and then leaves, right? Just the chaos. But other than that, he's forgettable to me. Well, the Hulk makes all the other Avengers useless. Because <laughs> when they're on their own, when they're on their own, why don't you just call the Hulk? Just call the Hulk. What are you doing? What are you doing with your bow and arrow? That fucking guy with the bow and arrow is the dumbest. <laughs> And I love Jeremy Renner. I think Jeremy Renner's awesome. But that character is the wackest shit. Like, if I was him, I'd be like, man, I really want to be an Avenger. But fuck, why are you going to make me the the guy with no strength at all, no powers whatsoever? I just have a bow and arrow, which is the dumbest weapon. At least least Black Widow has guns. Yeah, and this is coming from a guy who's an archery enthusiast. I I have a fucking archery range at my studio, and I think that guy's whack. (laughs) It's so dumb. I mean... I think Batman is the best, and he doesn't use guns, so I guess that kind of... But, I mean, yeah. how many arrows do you have, bro? How many times can you do this? You I mean, can he, only do this so many times. He, he, he'd be flicking the arrows, though. He does He does mean... Well, do you know that this uh, whole idea of the quiver on the back is not really how they really traveled with arrows? Really? Where'd they travel? Yeah, the, the, well, they didn't, like, pull arrows off their back, and they used to carry them in between their fingers for the most part. And they used to be able to shoot multiple arrows, uh, especially the Comanche. Uh-huh. They would carry these arrows. And what is that? Who's that gentleman that has that YouTube page that uh, he, sh- he figured out, like from looking at old images and depictions of archery from like thousands of years ago, realized that our idea of them having a quiver and pulling an arrow out and see, he keeps them all in his fingers like that. And this guy figured out how to shoot multiple arrows in a second. But what do they do? How do they carry them? Lars Anderson. That's a good question. I don't know where. <laughs> maybe they had a quiver for that. But the the idea that they reached back and pulled, and pulled an arrow time. every time they wanted to shoot like that Hawkeye guy. So basically, does. an assault arrow. Yeah, like arrow. this That's... guy. This the way he did it. This is how they think. Like the Comanches did it, and the Mongols did it. They carried multiple arrows in their fingers and just transformed it, or or, or um, uh, transferred it rather to the string, like mm. with each finger. Like, see if you get a video of how he does it, how he shoots multiple arrows, because it's pretty wild. Anytime I see arrows, bone arrows, I think Hunger Games. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that got a lot of people into archery, too. What is he doing here? 
so watch how he re so he's recreating uh, how the Comanche did it. See how the Comanche would carry multiple arrows in their hands. Uh. Like there's images of them holding multiple arrows. But if you can see how he did it, so like only one movement to shoot each other. This is he's saying that this is bullshit. So see how he's doing it? Uh, oh shit. Yeah. Look how quickly he's shooting all these multiple arrows. Okay, that's impressive as hell. Yeah. He's showing like how this would take so much time to do only one movement to shoot each arrow and he's saying this is like kind of ridiculous Which makes sense so he can throw these things up in the air and he can shoot multiple arrows See get to the point where he's doing that. He's doing it on left right he's, there. He's yeah. exaggerating. So I skipped to the end the of the video. Goofiness. I skipped way to the end already. Oh, okay. He's showing how he would do it. There's a few other. Oh, so he can do this. Watch this. Watch this. This is crazy. Sunk, 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 sunk. So he can shoot like three arrows in a second. Three arrows in one and a half seconds, which is pretty crazy. So this is why the Comanches fucked up all the early settlers, because the settlers had muskets. Muskets, so they were <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't. Did you see the, the images that we have outside? One of the images mm. is a Jack Hayes, and Jack Hayes was the original Texas Ranger. And what he did was incorporate pistols, like a revolver. Okay. He was the first guy to incorporate a Colt revolver, which had individual cylinders that you would replace. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have like a like a regular the, revolver where you'd put static, the bullets yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, but they would carry multiple um, cartridges. So it's kind of like um, so like some of the reloading mechanisms for wheel guns now. They're not actual revolvers, but right. they're like these little... You push it in. Yeah, they used yeah. to do that for revolvers before they figured out semi-automatic yeah. pistols. But so the, the Colt had this, and nobody wanted them, <laughs> which is wild. And then he figured out how to use them against the Comanche, because they had to do a bunch of different things to deal with the Comanche, and that's the gun. And uh, see if there's a video on that. That's Captain Jack Hayes. That guy right there, that's the image that we have outside, along with Quanta Parker who was the guy who his mother uh -huh. was captured by the Comanche and he was the chief of the Comanches. He was half Comanche and half white and he became the last Comanche chief. And it was interesting because he was half European so he's a big fucking dude. Yeah. As opposed to so most much. of the Comanches were like Small five foot statue, five, yeah. five foot seven. Yeah. They were tiny which allowed them to ride horses better. Mm, okay. Which is interesting too, right? So this is, okay, so this is how that, that gun worked. So this uh, this original revolver, he was the first to implement this in war because they did. Where's the trigger? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> I was like, did it have no trigger? Did you have to like trigger it with the the back? How's he using this? So did he like is have to push the hammer forward? How did he do it? I thought it had a trigger. That is wild. Does this guy shoot this thing in this video? So he pushes it. Th oh, oh, trigger, oh, the trigger oh, it pops comes out. Up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. And then the hammer bus busts forward and it ignites the, the round. Huh. And so he would have to like break it down, pull that cartridge out, put a new one in, but it would take five rounds. And look at how these balls. Wow. Wow, that is wild. I think, so, man, those balls are nasty things, man. I know. It was, you know, it was brutal back yeah. then, man. Yeah. The, just the fucking way that they existed <laughs> on the, the fucking plains. And the, they also implemented what they call cold camping, where they would camp without any fire because the Comanche would find them. Because these dumbasses would light fires. I'm going to cook my beans by the fire. Yep, but oh. Oh, wow, look at that. 
well, it's pretty fucking good in comparison to a musket because having those five shots made all the difference in the world because the Comanche would run up on them and the Comanche also figured out how to ride sideways. So they would hang off the side of their horse and shoot underneath the neck of the horse. Uh, okay. Which okay. is wild, yeah. right? So <laughs> they would they would be able to be protected by their fucking horse. And they were also the first of the Plains Indians that figured out how to breed and how to um, maintain large populations of horses. So they had the, the most horses. Yeah, I don't which, trust horses. How so? I just don't like when them like all the times I've ever ridden them. Because like when you're riding a horse, you understand what you're dealing with as far as an animal. Yeah. And it's just at any given moment, he doesn't want me on here. I'm not on here. <laughs> well, that's and, true too. But back yeah. then, you had no choice. Yeah, no. I mean, and it, it that doesn't would stop me from riding a horse. It's just that's always kind of in the back of my mind. Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, here we are in, in 2022. Imagine that 150 years ago, there were no options. You had to ride a horse. horse. That's yeah. it. That's so recent, yeah. man. Yeah. That's, that's so recent. Nutty, man. Just think back. I mean, think about it now. You have a. Your Tesla does zero to sixty what one point nine seconds? Yeah, and it's so crazy. <laughs> like that's nuts. Yeah, and then it can drive itself. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's where we're going and how fast we're going. Which is all just you know from a gun perspective, it's weird sometimes because you know people look at the second minute like it's talking about muskets. Yeah, it's not talking about muskets. Oh, I'm people like, need to shut the fuck up. Like, Everybody really, says that it's. It's so okay. So you want to relegate me to to a musket while every while the government and all the criminals are using modern firearms? I'm supposed to only have a musket. Yeah, and then there's the argument like, what well, you would never pr- take up arms against the government. Why would you ever need to take up arms against the government? We say that because everyone's armed. But if, <laughs> exactly. if only the government was armed, you would wish you had Dude, a fucking gun. I'm telling you, like, at the end of the day, and I was talking to my friend about this, and I was like, if you think about it, so Tiananmen Square. Yeah. Right. They pretty much bulldoze right over those people. And then you go counter that with the American narrative. Say, for instance, uh, what happened in the 1960s with the Black Panthers showing up on the Capitol. You had a group of black men in the 60s showing up to the Capitol. And all they could do was have a standoff. Mm, Different world. You see, you get get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, of course, they subsequently passed some laws, and you can debate whether or not that was racially motivated. Um, But at the end of the day, that demonstrates to you the necessity of the Second Amendment. It's not always about, let me go out here and overthrow the government. It's about keeping it in check. That's Mm. what it's designed to do. Because even now, the government has to kind of tiptoe with the citizens in the United States because they understand these people are armed. We can only go so far with the way we try to be heavy-handed about certain things. Which goes back to Australia during the pandemic. Exactly. Where Australia was is just like, unarmed. Yep. And they were like, you can't go outside. <laughs> you can't work. You can't go to the grocery store. You that. must comply. Yep. And they forced everyone into compliance. Yep. And they, they, there was nothing. They, there, because there was no threat of any real resistance. Exactly. And people will say, you know, well, that's crazy. You shouldn't do that anyway. But the, the bottom line is like... You can't rely on human beings to have that much control over human beings. This idea of the government is so, it's, it's this abstract concept because the government is essentially comprised only of human, human beings. beings. That's it. Yeah. And when that? human beings have that kind of control over other human beings, we Absolute. just have a fucking natural inclination to tell people what to do. Absolute power 
corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Like it just it's just the nature of being, which is why things were set up the way that they were set up to be checks against. That's why we have right. three branches of the government. They were supposed to all be a check on each other because they understood human nature. It's so, just hard for people to recognize that when we live in times of general yeah, peace. That's really what it is, what yeah. it boils down to. It's the idea, like, for a lot of people, the comp, like, conceptualizing the idea that they would have to deal with a tyrannical, especially here in America, yeah. to deal with the tyrannical government in their minds. <laughs> and then people see that, like, don't tread on me flag, and they start fucking panicking. Oh, you want to fucking take over the government? That's not what that's oh, about. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, it's bad. It's talking to the government. The yeah. same way the Constitution yeah. was talking to the government. A lot of people misconstrue that. The Second Amendment wasn't telling us what we can do. It was telling the government what it can't do. Which is infringed on yeah. our right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a, a video that uh, Samuel Rivera put out about a rant that I made. A lot of people got their panties in the water about it because I was talking about freedom. And I said essentially that every single civilization up until 70, 1776 was a dictatorship. dictatorship. Yep. And they're like, what about Greece? What? It, they, they all fell apart, man. <laughs> they all fucking fell yep. apart. Like these ideas are great until Greece is actually a great, a great. Uh, example because you know there's a, a guy um, named Brian Mirarescu who uh, wrote a book called The Immortality Key that's all about the ancient Greek societies and the Enlightenment mm -hmm. and that this is most likely due to the fact that these people were all taking psychedelic drugs until it was shut down by the Roman emperors like they came in and shut everybody down and the reason why they shut everybody down because you can't control people who are tripping balls and inventing democracy because yeah. isn't that kind of what happened here in america with that is very similar <laughs> like, it's very yeah. similar and in, you know me ways. about i'm like super like i ain't trying any psychedelics but you i also should. understand why do you say that it's just a control freak me but what but you got to let that go dude That's i mean a, I, I do but control is strength in your a, I, you have control because you have discipline yeah. and that that discipline is a strength mm -hmm. But there's a lot of strength in understanding that there's paths to different ways of looking at things that you, you just need to let go and find those ideas and concepts. I don't disagree with you. I don't. You're just going to have to do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you try the isolation tank first? I exposed you to yeah, that As soon as you told you me that. about that shit, I was like, yep, I'm not going in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so easy. You can open the door. You open the door when you don't like it It'd anymore. It'd be worthless. I'd literally open it in three seconds. No. Once I just, I'm like, oh, You'd relax. Man, you'd settle in. Yeah. And you'd be fine. You'd settle in. I'd, I'd put a gun on Velcro, right? <laughs> Attach it to the wall. So if some shit went down, so would you be like lying down in the water? You could just, there's a gun. There's my gun. If things got sketchy, you start having hallucinations, reach up and feel that staccato right there on the wall. I'm like, okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. I mean, that might help a little bit. Yeah. it's Control is good, yeah. but it's also you got to realize there's some control in not being in control, like being able to let go of that control. I think what it is, too, it's so like, you know, I'm an only child. And so I've spent a lot of time with myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so one thing about, like, I, I'm not really big on trying to control people. Like, I'm, I'm very big on, like, do, do, do you, right? My control is always kind of of myself. It's, it's a matter of, since I've spent so much time with myself and what goes on up here, I don't like the idea of anything interfering, what could possibly interfere with that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and so that's what, now, what I will say, I'm not saying that there aren't things that could make that better, right? That could help enlighten and elevate. 
I just don't know right now if I'm at a point where I think the benefit is worth the potential risk. In I know terms what I'm saying. Of, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a there's a risk, and that's that's something that needs to be stressed with anything mm-hmm. when you deal with the human mind. Yeah. You know, people. Some people have a tendency towards schizophrenia mm-hmm. and psychotic breaks, and there's all yeah. sorts it's of weird things. It's a delicate balance. Yeah. That, yeah. Look what happened to Keith Moon. You know, like there's a, a lot of people that have t- taken acid mm-hmm. and lost yes. their fucking mind. <laughs> that's real. I know guys have taken pot edibles and lost their fucking minds. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know them personally where they used to be this way and, and now, now they're, they're that just, way. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like, like I hear, I'm aware of all the potential positives. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't, for some reason, I just, it hasn't reached a point where I felt like it's kind of worth exploring and taking that risk. Well, here's what's worth exploring is microdosing. I've Micro, heard about microdosing. I think microdosing is the future for a lot of people because mm-hmm. the amounts that we're talking about are essentially like it's a very mild feeling Mm -hmm. it's not even like being remotely high it's very mild mild elevation and reduction of stress and relaxation that's all it is and it makes you like just nicer it makes things feel better it makes the the world feel like a better place isn't that the kind of the equivalent of like secondhand high (laughs) no no, no, no. Secondhand high can get you paranoid. I remember I got high once in a room with my dog, mm-hmm. and she's hiding under the couch. I was like, what the fuck's going on with the dog? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, the dog, uh, not under the couch. She was hiding under one of uh, the uh, corner tables. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? And I'm like, realized, oh, my God, she was in the room with us when Joey mm-hmm. Diaz and I were doing bong hits. <laughs> and then this poor dog, who was a rescue dog already, so yeah, she was so already a little sketched out. Yeah. She got paranoid, poor little girl. Yeah, me, uh, that's the thing, like, me and we don't get, I, I fight the high. Like yeah. the, the time that I mean I haven't I haven't smoked weed since college, yeah. And it's just because I know me I'm I'm gonna fight it. So it's an it's, ego thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I don't mean an ego in a bad way. No, no, I mean, no. it's like your body's trying to protect yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, your mind rather is trying yeah. to protect you. That's a, but that's also because you're a you're a disciplined guy who gets things done, and you don't want that to fuck with you. And I understand that. Yeah. That's how I was before I started smoking pot. Yeah. And I think also it does, like so. I think there's some people who are very high functioning. Who, who smoke. And then I think there are some people, like I could, like when, even back then when I was kind of getting a little high, because mm-hmm. it's like, like I noticed that I kind of, the contrast was too much for me. So I started becoming a little more lazy, mm-hmm. so to speak. And it's not, I'm not saying weed makes you lazy. I'm just saying for me, it can. I knew that it, I, like, it didn't make me as productive as I normally am. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas I know other people who it's, it's the, it's a perfect balance for them and they can just, they high, High-functioning people. Yeah, that's. Can do that. I I'm too crazy. I need something <laughs> to just take some of the chimpanzee edge out of my brain. And that's that's what it does for me. It just yeah. gets me to a better place. And I don't do it all the time, yeah. but I do it enough, and I, I'm comfortable enough with it that I know that there's some benefits to it. But yeah. but when when everybody says that pot makes you lazy, I'm like, bitch, keep up with me. Let's go. <laughs> come come talk crazy. Yeah. Don't because you can't say that because everybody has a different reaction to it. And I'm not saying that everybody would have that same feeling that I get from it because I don't think that's true, and I don't think it's for everybody. And, and the irony though is, you know, like I said before, yeah, you're also talking to a guy who drinks. Right, right, right. And right. and I know why I drink. But it's so controlled. Yeah. Like we had yeah. one glass yeah. of whiskey during this podcast. Yeah. That's it. One glass. Yeah. Because and, I know how it yeah, also nice. part of it too is like even writing, I have I can only do half of a glass. Because mm-hmm. the moment I go full glass, my writing starts getting shit. crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and but at the same time, I largely drink to relax. Mm-hmm. Right? Um that's why I say I stop at a certain point because I past that point I'm no longer relaxing. 
Right. I'm just fucking drunk. Partying. Yeah. You're getting hammered. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that and that's not something that I really kind of enjoy. Now, have I done it? Of course. Yeah. And I've had a great time a few times doing it. It's um, a different thing, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so for me, I need it's because I'm so like, I don't say like, on not on edge, but just 100% go. I'm always like, all right, I got to do this, this. When I when it comes down, it's hard sometimes to get a point where I'm just like, all right, just relax. But alcohol is so regulated that like if you like a glass of whiskey is consistently a glass of whiskey. Yeah, it might have a different taste to yeah. it. Yeah. But the impact it has on it's, your psyche it's pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. Weed is so variable. <laughs> and edible, so oh my god. I mean it's like Dude, I've heard horror stories about edibles. I'll tell you my own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had wild fucking paranoia when I've gotten too high before. But I think there's a benefit even in that, and mm-hmm. then I come off of it and with an understanding of things that are bothering me. Gotcha. Like that these these things that I got paranoid about, mm-hmm. it's probably like some unresolved issues or some some thoughts That's that I it. have in my head that I need to yeah. really work out. Yeah, fair enough. Fair but it's enough. not for everybody, man. No, it's not. It's definitely not for people with a tendency towards schizophrenia. That's yeah. a fact. <laughs> That's a real, you know, I had a debate once with this guy, uh, Mike Hart, who's a cannabis doctor from Canada, and Alex Berenson, who is a guy who used to write for the New York Times, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called Tell Your Children that's all about the dangers of marijuana. Mm. And, you know, and I was on his side. I was yeah. like, not on the cannabis doctor side in some ways, because... I don't like people when people talk about it like it's only beneficial, yeah. it's only good. I'm, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. You know, some people die when you give them peanuts, yeah. right? It's like, talk. Yeah. Everything is I mean, different. Same thing with alcohol. Some yeah. people should not drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, I had um, a friend who quit drinking, but he would get to a point, He would, but when he was drinking, he would drink and he would get gerbil eyes, like... Like he was gone. Like it was like talking to a gerbil. Like where are you? You're like you're not there. Like shark eyes. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like we're yeah. like you're gone. Like now you're just like so an just automaton, yeah. just running around. Why? Yeah. Like you don't even know what you're. And he would black out. You know, cigars relax me too. Yeah. Which is it's just weird how that works because I'm like I'm like I hate cigarettes. Right. But cigars. It's a um, nice yeah. cigars give you a nice like ah yeah relax. Yeah. Not do it probably. I smoke a cigar like I think last time I smoked a cigar was with you. Uh, that was like, well, they're good yeah. for conversations. Yeah, I think they're great for conversations. They give you this like when you smoke a cigar, it's just like a it's it it's also it's like a manly thing yeah. to do. <laughs> you have a cigar, a glass of whiskey, yeah. you talk some shit. You know, relax. it's nice. It's a relaxing thing, but it's um you know I want. I like people to be able to make their own choices. The thing that drives me the most crazy about weed is the fact that it's illegal. Because mm. I think that if it was legal, then we Maybe could more. have regulated marijuana where you knew exactly yeah. what the fuck you're getting. And that's a crazy thing. I don't want to, like, I can't, I don't like the secondhand smoke of weed. I don't like being around it. However, I do think it should be legal. I think almost everything should be legal. Mm. And I think the argument against that is is kind of silly because you look at the amount of cocaine that makes its way into this country that's <laughs> laced with fentanyl and people start dying left and right because it's that unregulated. Is the way that that is it's getting untalked like no one's talking about how fucking bad that is right now. Well, like, one thing they're talking about is the amount of people that have died of overdose, 18 to 49. It's the number one killer of people 18 to 49. And no one's talking about. And no one's talking about that. While they're trying to ban guns, like what are you doing to stop, stop. the cartel from bringing fentanyl laced cocaine in? Because and this is an uncomfortable state and this is from coming from a person who's never done cocaine in his life. Mm. If you had legal cocaine, you would kill most yeah. of those deaths or, or you excuse me, you would eliminate, eliminate that's yeah. a bad word, yeah. kill. <laughs> 
you would eliminate most of the deaths due to overdose from fentanyl. Yeah. And that's a lot, man. That's a lot. You would save 100,000 lives, probably. It's crazy how this shit is is decimating people. And it's only been in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah. That's what's nuts. I mean, I think fentanyl started making its way into the country somewhere in the the 10s, right? Like, the 2012 or 13 or something? That's recent. Recent? Holy crap, that's recent. Like, when did fentanyl overdoses start making their way into the United States? And by the way, like, all the precursors for that shit come from China, and they all go into Mexico. Mm-hmm. and people and are profiting and, oh. and and it's it's a dirty business man where billions and billions of dollars are being generated and they're being generated exclusively mm-hmm. by illegal drug cartels oh. and there's nothing you can do about that and the amount of resources they have because of that I mean you've seen some of the fucking warfare that they have the cartel oh. warfare <laughs> holy shit the irony behind it is like if you want to talk about how gun control doesn't stop criminals from getting guns Look at Mexico. Yeah. You can barely own anything in Mexico. Yeah. And we all know what goes on there. Yeah. Like that mean of course people will dismiss it and say, Well, it's not it's not a it's not a it's a third world country and so forth and so on. It's but, basically connected to us in a way that you could get easily across. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like the idea that it's hard to get from Mexico to the United States <laughs> is not have you ever gone to the coast? Go to the coast near San Diego. Man, all I, you have to do is swim over here. <laughs> Literally. You could just I mean, jump in the water, swim over around the little barrier, and you're in the United States. I, I mean, I grew up on the southwest side of Houston. Like, I, I know all too well. <laughs> They're coming in by the droves. Yeah. There was a number they, they had the other day where they were talking about the number of illegal aliens that make their way through the southern border every day, and it's astounding. Yeah. It's in the thousands every day. It's, it's So if you have a thousand every, let's just say it's a thousand, that is... More than a quarter million a year. Yeah, but I mean, it demonstrates how porous it is. Like, yes. So if, if that many people are coming over here, you have to think about how easy it is for the people we really don't want over here getting right. over here. Right. And how many people are coming over here with, with fentanyl? No, exactly. A lot. Yeah. I mean, fentanyl is so crazy that the tiniest amount that's, will kill you. That's so creepy about it. Yeah. Right. It's it's like a tiny little, little fucking little pinch, and you're dead. <sighs> it's nuts. Like, what are the um? What did I ask you to Google? I mean, uh, what did it, when did it start? Yeah, when did fentanyl start? It was invented in 1959 or 1960, but uh, when, drug when, overdoses maybe in like 2013. I can't tell exactly. Yeah, so somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years ago, it started <laughs> happening. Still, that's pretty damn recent. It's pretty damn recent. Pretty and recent. the fact that they just put it in other stuff, you know, they put it in ecstasy, they put it yeah, in no one knows street what they're getting Xanax. Anymore. Yeah. 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 So, what's his face died? Um, Mac Miller, uh, Tom Petty. Uh, That's how Tom Petty uh, died. Prince. That's how uh, Prince died. Prince died yeah. Who's yeah. the other, other, other kid? Um, who I actually do listen to a lot. Juice World. Juice World. Mm-hmm. Um, who's other? A lot of people, man. Yeah. A lot of people died from that shit. It's a scary drug. Lil Pete. Yeah. It's just yeah. scary because it's so potent. <sighs> And there's apparently something that's way more potent than fentanyl. Yeah, I thought I heard something about that too. Yeah, there's some yeah. new shit. Oh my like, god! Like, how much? <laughs> yeah, like what, it's like someone saying, "I want a better <laughs> nuclear weapon. I want a nuclear weapon that blows a planet to smithereens instantly." I yeah. Yeah, it's like that's the problem with technological advancement is that they can create things that are better that are already horrible. Yeah, I mean, better and th- it's more twofold. effective. Yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged yeah. sword that a lot of people don't. What does it say here? Tallahassee, Attorney General. Okay, listen to this. There's stuff called ISO. ISO 10... Tenitazine? ISO 10... How, say that. Try to say that for me. ISO 
isotonidazine. Okay, commonly referred to as ISO. According to reports, reports ISO is approximately 20 to 100 times stronger than fentanyl. That's a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's... Who's that's, out there snorting that's ISO? That's a nuke. Who's out there, bro? This fentanyl ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing gosh. Scarface piles of fentanyl. Man, that is... I mean, how much, how much dopamine can you really... Do you really want? Oh, I think people are just trying to die. I don't yeah. know. I mean, or I'm escape. Just, or yeah, there's just so many people in pain. Yeah, which is really sad. Which That's, is weird because it's like we just want to sweep it. Like, it, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit, like dealing with that stuff and getting to the underlying issues of it is extremely hard. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. It's complex. It's hard. However, we've got to start somewhere. They're mm. so eager to say, let's start with start with banning this. It's like okay, but even if you got to where you got, you're gonna have to deal with this issue. Yeah, no matter what. And so, why not take the energy and the focus in dealing with that? How do you deal with it, though? Like, what would be the move to stop fentanyl from getting into this country? I mean, the the real hard truth is people don't want fentanyl. Mm -hmm. That's not That's what they want. They want, yeah. they want to get high, and they want to get high in a way where, you know, you know who Dr. Carl Hart is? Carl Hart. That sounds so familiar. I've had him on my podcast several times, and he's a, a brilliant professor Um at Columbia, mm -hmm. who also does drugs and talks <laughs> openly about. I mean, he looks like a guy who does drugs. Yeah. He's got dreads, and but he's <laughs> but he's brilliant, and he's unusual in the fact that he was a clean, straight laced research professor mm -hmm. who, upon his examination of these drugs in a research setting, started realizing that our ideas of them were, were completely, completely exaggerated and and screwed. And he enjoys heroin. But he'll snort a little bit of it and mm -hmm. like have great conversations and have a wonderful time with his wife and but he talks bravely about it. Where like if you're a fucking professor at a university, like who the fuck uh, is out there talking about doing schedule one drugs? Yeah. yeah. I does. mean, look, I'm not all I'm not at all near anywhere that shit. But I mean Coffee, yeah, yeah. Like I know how that. I feel when I drink this shit in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I can't really judge someone who does that, personally. Well, um, I've never done heroin either, but I get it. I understand what he's saying because, you know, and he's talking about how if we did have access to clean cocaine where it was just cocaine, mm -hmm. which very few people story, have, yeah. he's like, you, stepped on and weird. Yes. And, yeah. You would have an understanding of what it is. It's like, it's, it's way better for you than alcohol, probably. <laughs> like if you, I mean, I don't know. I've I mean, done, I, but I, I'm, I'm no fool to understand what the abuse of this can do. I mean, so. Like I said, like everybody has their vices, right? Yeah. Um, and some people can handle their vices better than others. Um, and so that's why for me, I'm not really big on the, you know, make all drugs illegal bandwagon. No, that's I'm, stupid. You, but who's to say? The problem, like I always use this analogy. I'm like, if, it, if there was only three people on earth, you, me, and Jamie, and then Jamie decided, oh, alcohol should be illegal. We're going to lock you all up. And we'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jamie. dude? And Jamie wants to put us in a cage because we drink alcohol. That would be yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, why is it? Because the, the real numbers of people that want it to be illegal and that enforce it are so small yeah. in comparison to the general population. I mean, but it's, it's literally creating an economy that is more destructive than the actual drug itself. Right, and you're propping up murders. Yeah. You're propping up this fucking cartel that's, violence. That's, that's, that's what I'm yeah. getting at. It's, it's like crazy. literally, like, it doesn't work. Like a lot of the violence in the inner city is because of the is driven by the narco economy that exactly. exists there. Exactly. But how would you ever transition to making it legal? It's like once that genie's there out of the bottle. There's something said about that. How do you put it back in? How would you ever? How would you ever? Does, like, it, re does it really matter? It's already out of. It's, I guess. It's, but, it's, 
out there as is. Right, but if someone's child died of an overdose because they made cocaine legal and they just started doing cocaine, they had a heart attack and died, you'd be like, blood is on your hands. I'm like, are you sure? Because yeah. it's not like it's hard to get it now. But I mean, we would have to have that kind of really uncomfortable conversation. Overdose on this. It's pretty hard over. I mean, that's not hard overdose on alcohol. I shouldn't say that. But if you don't I mean, know, I what see you're what doing, you mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got you, there's a a quantity level of consumption that's required yeah. in order you to right. get to that point. And you can always throw up. Yeah, it's like I don't think I don't, I don't think it's an easy solution. I think making drugs legal it would be a very difficult growing period or 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 you know learning mm. period. I because even even me, I'm I'm more apathetic to. Whether or not they should be legal, that's kind of where that's my stance. I'm kind of just apathetic to it, um, because largely I can't, I don't have the answers as to how do how do we regulate that, right? Right. Um, but at the same time, I can't see how destructive how destructive they are as far as being illegal, and yeah. and, they, and the economies that are created around it because of the because of the illegality. Um, it's no different than. When we were dealing with the prohibition yeah. of alcohol. Well, that's right? what made all the fucking mafia guys rich. For Christ's sake, that's where we got the genesis of our modern day gun laws. Really? <laughs> yeah, because of the violence, the violence that was taking place during that time period. That's why we. That's why full autos are borderline illegal for any of us to own, because of what was happening during that time period. No shit. Yeah. Huh. Well, it makes sense. They had those old ones with the, the circle thing, the circle magazine. Joe Max. Yeah, that is a w wild time when yeah. you think about the amount of money that was transferred to illegal organizations just because, just because people, people wanted alcohol and the government had designed. What was the genesis of that? Like, who decided that alcohol should be illegal? And how'd they pull that off? Because it was only illegal in America, right? Yeah. It wasn't illegal in Europe, was it? I don't think so. I remember watching a documentary about this, and I forgot. I've looked into this too a few times. Temperance yeah. movement. It, they tried to start it a few times, and it didn't really take hold. Mm. And then uh, somewhere, somewhere in Ohio, that it clicked. Always it was like Ohio. Over, yeah. All roads lead to Ohio. Yeah, there's a spot called Temperance <laughs> Row. You can still go visit the area. But there really? were when I looked into that, that I found out it wasn't just happening there. It was happening in a few places. I don't know if it was a religious thing or a political thing, but it was one of the two, which could have been at that time the same thing. Yeah. Right. Well, people were just kind of dumb back then, too, <laughs> in terms of, like, the repercussions of things. Like, they, they had no idea. They probably yeah. thought they were going to make a better society. Yeah. We're going to build a better society. Well, it's a, it, there's an oversimplification of things. Right. right. And, that's, and I think, I think too, to a certain degree, like, especially when we talk about the gun stuff, too, I think we create the problems because we're always looking to our leaders to give us oversimplified solutions to complex issues. Mm. And we don't give them the leeway to try to figure it out. We want the answers now. Yeah. So we kind of almost, to a certain degree, forced them to say, let me grab on to the easiest, most visible way to solve, to say I'm solving this solution so they can get off my back. Or I can look like I'm not incompetent. Mm. Um, because we want our solutions now, we want them fast, and we want them easy. And that's, I think, the major problem that we're having in terms of our dynamic and relationship with our leaders and, and the public as a whole. It's because we always want an oversimplified, oversimplified solution to very complex problems. And yeah. we don't give them enough time. We don't even give ourselves enough time to work through the problem. We just don't. We have so many unresolved, super complex problems in this country, too, like extreme poverty. Yeah. The, you know, what's happening in certain inner cities like the south side of Chicago, mm -hmm. like Detroit, 
Baltimore. You could, you, there's many yeah. of them that yeah. you could point to all day long that have never changed. Nope. They're, they're the same as they were decades ago. Nope. If anything, they've gotten worse. Yep. And there's no effort to, to like really None. have a comprehensive national conversation stuff. about it. Right. Superficial. Oh, we're going to be tougher on crime, and no. we're going to when gonna Ukraine rolls and, around, we've got all the fucking all money hands in the world. on deck. It's wild. Yeah. We send, and, the, and we we send guns and shit to our friends. Yeah. But people fucking of missiles but, and shit. Yeah. People of America. No. 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 We're not giving you guns so that you can hold us accountable. <laughs> right. And also, it's like, wh- what are we doing? Like, what is happening over there? Like, how is what is what is gonna how is this gonna escalate? <sighs> Like, I'm fucking bad. terrified that this could escalate to nuclear war. Yeah. Terrified. I mean, I just did a video about uh, uh, Taiwan where they're, they're, their people are starting to learn to train how to use guns. I mean, they're using airsoft guns to do it, but they're learning how to use firearms in the event Chinese uh, China decides to invade, yeah. um, which is also an inter- interesting thing. And I keep telling people this all the time when we talk about you know, with respect to the Second Amendment, like people forget the Second Amendment wasn't written for, wasn't written for hunting. It wasn't written for sports shooting. It was written so the people had a means to check a potential tyrannical government, foreign or domestic. From, right, because exactly. they came from a, a t- tyrannical came, government, and that's, and that's what, why this country was formed. Exactly. And people I hear this all I hear this argument all the time. They're like, "Well, I was talking about the militia," and I'm like, the, "Like, let's say that, like, just take it outside of the political realm. It makes no sense if." The purpose that it was written was to allow the people to have the, the ability to check a potential tyrannical government, domestic or foreign. Why would they tell why would they write in the Constitution telling the government that they have the ability to own firearms? It makes no sense. Right. And then if, if it's designed for the people to be able to check a, a potential tyrannical government, foreign or domestic, does it make sense that the people would have to go to that government that's that's being tyrannical to get the guns to fight back against that government? Right. That makes no sense. Doesn't make any. Sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. No. So I, I find it odd when people try to make this argument, and I'm like, just even in, on the intellectual level, right? There's the operative clause, and then the the um the operative clause and the prefatory clause. People don't understand how that works. It's like they're basically saying, in the beginning of the statement. A well-regulated militia being necessary to secure the free state. This is why we're about to say what we're about to say after this. Right. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed because we understand that a militia, which is comprised of the people, is needed in order to protect the security of the state which you created. Yeah, and when they say <laughs> that's when people had muskets, yeah, the government too, you fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the it, government had mu- muskets back then too. And it was the, it was the top of the top weapon at the time. I'm just trying to say that as simply as possible. Their musket was the equivalent of our AR right now. Yeah. And what scares me is that people think that the the people that are in the military would never turn on the citizens. I'm like, you don't know people. People, you don't. They they could other people so easily. They could decide that those people that are against them are the enemy and the enemy of the state and the enemy of the government. Who did, like, Tiananmen Square? And the only reason I say Tiananmen Square is because I just recently watched a video about it again because I was just refreshing my brain about it. Who do you think the people were who came in and killed the people who were protesting? Right. It was the military. Right. The, the same military. Yeah. And you so could, it's, there, there was a video of a girl, woman, by the way, who was talking about taking arms up against the people. And this was about lockdowns during COVID. And she was talking about if you don't think that I would take arms against you and shoot you. That you're crazy. I saw that. You see that yeah, video? I'm, I'm, I'm that like, video. bitch, are you out of your fucking yep. mind? Like, what a weird power trip you're on. You're I, talking about shooting people that don't want to get vaccinated? 
Think about that. Wild. Yeah. And then you're going to tell me that I'm supposed to trust the government to right. protect me without firearms. Because when you give a person a gun and you give a person this sense of power and then give a person this sense of entitlement that they're entitled to tell people what to do and enforce laws, like there's just a natural, natural tendency that people have. Which is why the founding fathers understood that. So the only check against that is for the people to have firearms too. But we still have this problem with mass shooting. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck is the solution to temper that, to stop that, to mitigate that, to do something mm -hmm. to keep evil, destroyed, disturbed people, people from getting their hands on guns. So, let's let's put the let's put things in the framework of the reality we are in. The vast majority of the people who are committing mass shootings are getting their guns legally. They're not, it's not like they're getting them off the streets legally. They're getting them legally. And the way they're able to get them legally is because they're passing background checks. The vast majority of mass shooters pass background checks to get their guns. They're passing background checks because they don't have criminal history. They don't. So the, if you're just going to look at this from a gun control perspective, your only option is to ban guns. That is your only option. If you're only going to look at this from a gun control perspective, because we already have everything in place to prevent this, we have background checks. They're passing them, right? So they're passing background checks because they don't have criminal histories, and they're, they're getting these guns, and they're committing violence. And in the event that they do have a history that could have prevented them from doing it, the system failed. The Charleston shooter, he shouldn't have never had the gun. But the way the system was executed, the way they conducted the background check, there was a mistake. He got his hands on a gun. What, are you going to make the background check more back checkier? No, because the system is run by humans that are inherently flawed. So what do we do when the system breaks down, even though we have things in place to stop it? You have to be in a position to deal with the threat immediately. Nobody likes that because the idea of self-defense in the moment is ugly, it's nasty, it sucks. You, you fight, you understand what that's like. At the end of the day, First and foremost, you need to put yourself in a position to protect yourself and stop it immediately. Then we can start working our way towards, all right, how do we deal with the even more complex issues? Because telling me that I just can't own this gun or that gun or this gun, it's lunacy and it's moronic. We have over 400 million guns in this country. You think you're going to write a law that says we're not allowed to have AR-15s anymore and now you're no longer going to see mass shootings where AR-15s are involved? doesn't make sense. And then even if you do, AR-15s make up less... Less than a fraction of the guns used in actual gun deaths. So what is the solution? If these people are passing background checks mm -hmm. and they are getting guns legally and they're still committing these horrific mass murders, what's the solution? The solution is to empower the people to stop them when they show up. That's, that's it? The, that's you what people that's don't like. Well, think about it. There's no mental health solution. There's nothing we can do okay. in terms of... So from a mental health perspective, we can have the conversation about... What type of evaluation would take place that would preclude some, like what type of diagnosis would be required to preclude somebody from their Second Amendment right to own a firearm, even though they've actually never committed a crime? That's the question. That's the question we have to address. Where, where, where is that line? So somebody who has anxiety, are we going to prevent them from owning a gun? Right. Somebody who has transient depression, uh, are, are we going to prevent them from owning a gun because they get depressed sometimes? Where, where does that, where does that, where's that line? And so that's where things start getting excessively complicated and incredibly subjective. Because which, which doctors are going to make this decision, right? Right. Well, one doctor who's like, I mean, people who have anxiety or borderline depression or the case may be, they're not violent people. And then you have another doctor who is on the payroll of some big timer who has 
who is incredibly anti-gun and says, nope, I need you to find that anybody who has anxiety won't be allowed to have a firearm. But then the whole mental, mental health spectrum is so broad and so complicated that you're not going to get anything as definitive as anybody who has anxiety or depression can't own guns. You're not going to get that. It has to be action-based or potentially action-based. If you're in the process of, say, like you can be charged with attempted murder because you took substantial steps to go and murder somebody. You may not have been able to do it, but you took substantial steps to do it. So therefore, we can charge you with attempted murder. Now, somebody, for instance, there have been, there have been numerous stories where people have said, they've written, I'm going to kill these people. They have lists of names they're going to do. They've, they've acquired firearms. They've shown um, behavior that says that they're willing to do these things. You can take a substantial step enough to say you are a potential mass shooter, and you can be charged with that. We have laws to deal with that. So I don't understand why people don't understand the reality of that. It's not as simple as saying, well, we, everyone just needs to have a mental health evaluation, because where, where's the standard? Right. It is subjective. Like it's someone can decide subjective. if you like certain movies, if you listen Some, to certain music, you play video exactly. games. And that puts the power in the hands of the government, who we've already demonstrated really don't want us to have guns to begin with. And that's and that's the problem. And then there's this thing that when people want to have a solution, then also all of a sudden it becomes political. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't become political in that there's necessarily like some sort of a, some sort of an interest to get the people unarmed as much as there is to f come up with at least, at least a paper solution. Mm -hmm that makes people satisfied that their politicians are doing, doing the work. Yeah, and I agree with that. because And that's another thing that doesn't get done very well, is putting, and I, I hate boxes, but for the sake of making the necessary distinctions of the people having the conversations, right? You have the politicians, like, they don't really don't want anyone to have guns. That's, they're there. Then you have people who just hate guns, don't want to be a part of that. They're people who really just want solutions, right? They're like, look, people are dying. We need to do something. This seems like the easiest thing to do because I think it'll work. Those, those are, there are a lot of people like that. Like their motivation, everything about it is it's positive. It's good. They have the same desire that the people in the gun community have to figure out a way to save lives. But at a certain point, we do have to understand we have to confront reality. 400 million guns in this country. We have over 300 million people in this country. Just those numbers alone, they're going to be substantially more crazy people who haven't done anything crazy than other places. People always want to compare us to the UK. So the UK as a whole is about the size of New York. So naturally, you're just going to have more people willing to do crazy stuff like that because we have so many people right. from different backgrounds. And it's not and just so diverse in terms of upbringing, you name it. So. We're going to be more we're going to be more exposed to people who are willing to do things like that. So as a result of that, we need to empower the people who aren't like that to be able to stop it when it arises. And you don't do that by making people defenseless. It just doesn't work that way. So what you're offering is a pragmatic solution to deal with the very real problem that well, we have here, not looking at it in terms of like, a romantic version of how we're going to take away all the bad guns and all the bad violence is going to stop. You're yeah. looking at it in terms of like, what are the actual facts? What are we actually dealing with? And what is the only actionable solution? Yeah, because if you tell, because if you ban AR-15s, or let's say in some cases, and Joe's actually said he wanted to ban semi-automatic weapons, cool. But it means nothing when the guy shows up to my house to kick in my door 
has one. All you need is a double-barrel shotgun. You can't try to <laughs> shoot one like, off into the air. And what was I talking about? There's a hundred billion <laughs> people with guns, and over five hundred percent of them are from jail or something. And, so, and but that, and the yeah. problem, but Joe's also a fud. Like he just has yes. a very antiquated way of looking. That's at a violence. funny thing. The fud. People don't even know what that means. I know what it means. Elmer fud. <laughs> Like that's how people uh, talk about uh, people that hunt and that yeah. use bolt action rifles. Yeah. People like, like you, real gun enthusiasts like, like yourself. Like, okay, they guy. always yeah, yeah they like, call him Elmer Fudd. Yeah, but that's why he's always equating everything to the idea of hunting. Yeah, because that's it's its only perspective. The, the second has nothing to do with hunting. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with hunting. Yeah, but. He needs to process it through that lens because that's the only way he's he's been in politics his entire life. Yeah. He's been surrounded by protection his entire life. So that's the, I, the thing, right? Like, they all want protection. They all want armed guards, which is wild. The people that are anti-gun also want armed guards, which is fucking wild. Here's the crazy thing. We say we want AR-15s to protect ourselves and protect our life, right? The people who are protecting Joe Biden are protecting his life. Yeah. And that, and they also have AR-15s. Yeah. So how can you then turn around and look at me and say, I don't know why you need an AR-15 to protect your life? You have nine dudes around you with the goddamn same gun that you're telling me I shouldn't have to protect my life. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. And on that, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Absolutely. you coming here. Uh, on Noir on Instagram. What's your website? The People um, Pew Life? Mr. Um, <laughs> Shop.MrColeonNoir.com is where I have all like my two A Pro 2A merch and MrColeonNoir.com. Comments like blog and so YouTube, forth. YouTube, Mr. Coley on the wall.com. All right, thank you. Well, Mr. Coley, all right, bye, everybody.